All right, all right, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, good morning and welcome for the morning that we still have. Yeah. <laughs> to right. Living Split Screen, a Saturday morning podcast that goes over everything going on within the gaming industry, a non console-centric platform that covers everything, uh, whether it's Xbox, PC, PlayStation, whatever you want to get into, that's what we discuss here. It is also the home of the RTSU. That's that real-time strategy where you pull yourself out of the world, look at the darker crevices of the map, pull those resources together so we can build that foundation to reach those three billion gamers that Phil Spencer always talks about. So, with that said, we are a little bit behind the ball. Well, I say a little bit, but we are behind the ball today. So it's going to depend on how long we end up having a show for. Um, but we'll end up seeing. We'll kind of keep it organic. And if we got to cut away whichever reason, or we'll just keep that conversation alive and um, kind of go from there and adjust as we need to. But um, again, with us, there's no, there's never knowing how long um that we could we'll end up going i know tra traditionally we've ended up being a three plus hour show um even when there's whether there's news or not it doesn't really matter um but again i do believe that's just because we have genuine great conversation here we get the chat involved and you guys really help us power the show and also make the show because again the whole purpose of this is to be more community focused for it to be engaging for us to be able to have conversations that a lot of other people may be having, but maybe they're treading one side of the fence to the other side. And right here, uh, we like to just get into the weeds of every type of discussion and just put our heart on the table, right? Uh, as the saying goes, you know, you wear your heart on your sleeve and I don't mind doing that. I wear short sleeve shirts, so there's not a, never a problem with me doing that. But um, I don't, and I don't mind you guys seeing it. So again, uh, for all those who are who have been tuning in live, I want to say thank you for you know joining me backstage or joining me throughout the week. Um, as I streamed a, a few times this week, getting some gameplay in and just chopping it up with chat. So greatly appreciate you guys. And um, for our audio listeners, you're not gonna know what's going on. You're just gonna tune into this episode. And you're gonna be like, man, they started late. Who who knew? But again. This is, it is the reality of the situation. And just because the live viewers were able to experience it, I would like to, you know, try to put that into the audio side of things too. So you guys can kind of get a feel of, you know, not everything works out perfectly when you go live or when you have a show um, every Saturday, things happen, real life happens. So, um, but nonetheless, everybody's here safe. We're all feeling good, feeling groovy. And I think we're going to get into some passionate conversations today. So uh, we were already getting into it behind the scenes while we were just playing Tekken. I'm like, I'm over here getting my, my ass bust by these dudes who have like 10, 50 times my record. Like I was fighting to do, I had like, I had 14 wins. This dude had 500 and fucking something wins Jesus. and was nice. beating my ass. Like it was just giving like first two matches. I'm like, bro, Saturday, this is the Tekken day, I guess. Good Lord. Yeah, Tim the Sorcerer, apologize to your wife for us. Sorry yes, for please. late start. Please, Tim. <laughs> he said, just told my wife the show just started. She goes, you're kidding, right? No. <laughs> Look, tell your wife. She can tune in, too. I, you know, you know, Tim, I don't, I don't, you know, tell her she can join on in, man. I mean, we apologize, hmm. but at the same time. Uh, you guys are amazing. Right. OCD Gamer goes, the best way to start and end your Saturday. <laughs> we love you guys. 
We love you. <laughs> y'all are, y'all are, y'all are this is why crazy. I still cut. This is why we try to make it no matter what, unless something really is going on and real life's got us. Because we love this, man. We love y'all. <laughs> Nick Thanks. says, Steel, it was the connection rain. Because. <laughs> <laughs> because it was the connection though like <laughs> yo the dude yo <laughs> the first dude i fought it, it was definitely connected because usually i only do like four bars and up so that i can make sure i have good connection because tekken although out of all a lot of the fighters has better net code than most it mm. still doesn't have the greatest so if you don't set your bottom line or fours for like four bars and up you're gonna run into people that have three bars or might have three bars while they're searching for a session and then they drop down to two and then boom you get into a fight and it's lagging in every other speaking, sit speaking of which steel did you see the news this morning that uh, king of the fighters is going to implement rollback uh really not going to put it on xbox playstation what? and switch get it oh so you can put it on playstation and switch but not xbox right right i wonder That's- why I don't know. That's what the trailer, has to be a deal. the trailer only showed those two. It has, to, uh, crazy it has to be some kind of deal that's going on with that because that doesn't make any sense. Why wouldn't you, especially in a fight? It's not like Virtual Fighter sold 13, for fucking 30 million copies of the, uh, right. of the game, right? right? So it's like, why would you limit it unless somebody is purposely limiting it for competition unless, reasons? Again, that's just, uh, I feel like that, per- that like defeats the point, though. You're like, you're purposely hurting yourself. Like the the when people hear rollback netcode, especially people yeah. who are fr- who are like familiar yeah. with Come fighters on. or like yeah. fighters, that's like an instant. Oh, maybe I should jump back in and check it out. For you not to implement it across the board, like Nick said, that's extremely petty. How does that even, that makes no? That's like Guilty Gear Strive coming out and it going on Game Pass and be like, right. you know what? We're gonna give you half the roster. You're not gonna get the rollback <laughs> netcode. Um, you can only play local co-op. That's it. Give you the dead or alive version. It's like, <laughs> why? Right, right. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, again, sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to bring that up during the intros. Oh no, no, you're good. That, just, that's when really you said weird. that, I was like, oh, that's right, I saw that this morning. That's so. that's really strange that they would. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. nonetheless, I am one of your hosts, Steel Rain. That's I Steel Rain. I that's he is a seven everywhere. Um, if you need to find the information, Google is the easiest place. Type it in. I've had so many people try that. Um, and it just works flawlessly, man. So, um, other than that, do frequent the streets of the Xbox ecosystem between PC and Xbox. So drop me in a message. Let's chop it up. Let's get some gaming in some time. But other than that, um, you know, somebody in chat earlier said that Pong, you should go, you should try out to be Iceman's son um from x-men i i don't <laughs> <laughs> why that's what, that's what they said why? i don't know um uh, they, they, they said that's, not, that's how we to be anybody's son at this point they said that's how we bring the x-men universe back you bring okay, it, right, that's how we bring okay. the uncanny x-men back x uh pong's ice man and then we'll work around that um but <laughs> nonetheless i do have to introduce can, my brother from Jean another fall in love with Iceman? would that be possible i, I don't I mean, she doesn't technically, but I'm pretty sure you could get in there and finesse a little something, right? Uh, anyways, keep going, um, sorry. And then Nam says, the fun speculations own Pong Soul is here. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I have to do my brother from another, the uncanny gentleman himself. I got Pong Soul. Yes. Hey, Tyler, brother. I know it's been a little crazy <laughs> week for you, not only, but also in a very interesting morning brother yeah greatly yeah, yeah. appreciate Last you being night here. in the morning uh listen listen if i'm all, if i'm a little off today brain wise forgive me 
Uh, this only this old brain can only handle so much. You already, you guys all know by listening to us that I get leakage already, uh, and I mix things up and screw things up. But man, this week has been stressful, and uh, last night into this morning, I just added to that. But I am here because I'm excited to talk with my brother from another steel. I miss you guys in chat when we don't have our Saturdays. Again, this is part of the this is part of the routine uh, for me that gets me, you know, going. And I, I just love being here and talking it up, even on a slow news week. Um, so I appreciate you all being patient. Uh, I'm glad I could still make it and uh, be able to chop it up with steel here because, uh, again, I, I, I don't like having a weekend without doing that. So, um, man, what a week. Um, real life is what it is. Uh, I still did get some gaming in this week. I did. Um, I've been rocking Andromeda. I finally made a all post about it. Yeah, I've been talking. I've been talking about it, and I finally did post some pictures uh, from it. Um, again, it, it's a good sci-fi RPG. It's scratching my itch right now. Um, as long as I don't think of it as Mass Effect, so as long as I ignore that and and I skip through the writing, most of the writing, uh, I'm good. Uh, but no, it is a good game. The visually, like I said, there are moments where it is like still even for as old uh, as it is on the Series X, it can be jaw-dropping at times um, when I'm going through the different environments. Um, And so that kind of stuff is still, you know, right up my alley. And I I love it, um, you know, from that aspect. And and the gameplay, moment-to-moment gameplay, uh, movement, gunplay, all that stuff is really, really well done. Um, They're probably some of the best out of the entire Mass Effect series, if you want to count it in there. Again, I don't, but if you do, it's probably some of the best of the series. There's no doubt about it. Um, So all that stuff, having a great time with that. I jumped into some Forza Horizon Rally um, when that dropped. Um, Really liked uh, what I played. Uh, I played through a bunch of, I played through the whole intro and then uh, played a bunch of the races and and got a bunch of achievements right out the gate and all that kind of stuff. is it that different? No, it's not. And again, I'll be, I'll, I'll be, I'll be very frank. I'm ready for motorsports steel at this point. Yeah, me too. I'm kind of, I'm kind of horizoned out at this point. I, I still have a great time with it, um, but at the end of the day, I'm waiting for motorsport. <laughs> so um, I just want to get back to a little bit more sim style racing. And yes, I know I could do what you do, steel, and, and take everything off and make it more simmy and horizon. I mean, but it's it's but still it's horizon. I, it's still I, horizon I at the end that. of the day. It's still all that kind of stuff. But they did a nice job with the rally. Uh, the callouts, uh, the direction callouts, that kind of stuff works really well. Um, some rally games um, don't give you enough time to react to the callout. Right. Uh, Horizon did it very well, uh, where you do have plenty of time to react to the turns, to the bumps, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I was pretty impressed with that. Is it that different than normal uh, Horizon? No, it, it's really not. But some of the setups and some of the cars definitely are. I am disappointed. Playground. If anybody from Playground is listening, if you're going to do rally and you're going to have classic rally cars, would you guys go get some licenses, please? Why is Tommy Makinen? Why is not one single Tommy Machin and Evo in here? One of the greatest rally racers a, of all time. Make an Evo. <laughs> huh? I know you can make I, it. I, I, no, I, I had to but, make That's what I was surprised, too. Yeah. I had to, I, yeah. So I went and made one. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. So, but they've already got the Evo 6 in there, right? Yeah. They've got the Evo 6 in the base game. All you had to do is go get the Tommy Machin, and I don't know what the licensing problem is, but I would have liked to seen some of the classic racers and their you know liveries actually 
represented authentically, right, through Playground. I, you can go get them off the store. Everybody makes them. I already know that. But I'm just saying, I would have liked to see that. So, um, but other than that, that's just me. Um, great, great. They did a fantastic job. The game still looks in place <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, so, uh, I've been doing that as well. And then otherwise, Steel, you know, I've been uh, I've been on a Buffy the Vampire kick. So I'm I heard about Buffy. that, man. One of the yeah, fucking man. greatest shows ever in existence, Buffy oh. the Vampire Slayer. When you mentioned yeah. that, I actually yeah. that kind of like <laughs> right, I, I kind of started getting the bug. I was like, man, do yeah. do I want to play Buffy right? Like, do I want to watch Buffy right now? Um, yeah, man, I haven't done I haven't watched it in 15 years plus. Um, I was trying to think back to the last time I couldn't remember for sure when I watched, but it's got to be 15 years plus. Um, it's cheesy. Um, it's that I mean, it's, old, yeah, it's, it's that old cheesy. '90s style TV show. Uh, they didn't put a lot of money into it, but like I said last night, you know, I know about Joss Whedon and all the the accusations and all that kind of stuff against the guy. Um, remove that, and just him as a director, and this is what was one of his major stepping stones that got him in the limelight as a great director. Right. You could really see it, and that's what I say now. Like back back when I last watched it, I didn't really appreciate the work that was done by the actors by joss whedon uh again sarah michelle geller is one of my favorites so i'm biased uh, right. in that way but now watching it in 2023 and it's got the cheese to it and it's got the teen drama to it and it's got all that kind of stuff to it uh it still makes me smile because i'm a nostalgia type of guy so it still makes me smile but now i'm appreciating the work that was done in this series and why so many people love this series Again, even the character development from season one to season two is it's, unbelievable. It's unbe- um, yeah, unbelievable. Uh, Greatest TV. Like I said, even with the, with, with the uh, the crazy storylines that you, that you have to suspend, and there's giant plot holes and stuff. Yeah, of them. there is. But but even but even with all of that, there's some serious topics about what you know teenagers go through and that kind of stuff and there's some serious moments in there that i didn't used to catch that i now catch looking back on it um and it's extremely impressive uh what whedon did uh with this series and i'm i'm enjoying every second i'm enjoying every bit of it that all of it uh whether it's the cheese or the serious stuff i'm enjoying all of it and it is really a great watch and i gotta say it is a travesty that they have not put this series on Blu-ray or 4K. Yeah, bro. It is yeah. an absolute travesty. That would be a perfect series. way to watch it. Yeah, because I'm watching a Hulu at, like, standard definition on my, on my OLED, so it right. looks, looks awful. Yeah, grainy <laughs> but, as hell. Oh, It yeah. looks like it's Blurry, in 360 some yeah. scenes, you can tell that the, you know, that the, it's, it's old, that the tapes that they transferred from are old. Right. So they've got to, you know, they've degraded. Um, whenever they transfer it over to digital, you can tell that's all got to be cleaned up. This series deserves it. So anyway, sorry, I know this is a video game show, but Buffy is oh, um, talk Buffy is up there uh, with the icons when it comes to pop culture uh, and, de- and deservedly so. I guess that's my main point. Going back and watching it now, sure, some people would be like, oh, how can you watch this? Like, oh my God, hey. look at the special effect. Listen, I can appreciate it. Angel what it was is. fucking yeah, amazing. Angel, and I Charmed. never got into that's why I say I never got, I never went into the sub. Uh, I never went into the, the split off with Angel. I never watched his. I might do it next uh, because it is on Hulu. I might watch Angel next. Uh, but Charmed, was a good show. I want to go back and rewatch Charmed again. Uh, I love Charmed too. So, uh, but yeah, no, just having a great time with Buffy. Uh, it's, it's, it's interesting to do this every once in a while, watch these old TV shows. So uh, anybody who hasn't watched Buffy, I highly recommend it. Again, unfortunately, 
If you're going to buy it, you can only find it on DVD. They, uh, they, never, did, they never did Blu-ray. And they have not done, of course, 4K yet. But somebody's got to get out there and do it. I don't know what the problem is, but somebody's got to do it. So, Steel, what, do you, what did you get into this week, man? I haven't talked um, to you at all. Me, I've been into quite a few things, man. Uh, mainly has been for the uh, Forza Horizon Rally DLC yep. because, again, um, I, as much as I do agree with you in a lot of ways, is it offering a lot of things that are different? I chopped it up with chat behind the scenes about it too. Um, it's and this was kind of this was my fear about uh, the DLC itself is that it, it wasn't a ton, right? It's not going to be something that's going to have a new somebody who's newer to horizon be like man because they dropped this dlc now it's time to jump in not that dramatic of a change um although you know they do give you a different section of the map and like i was telling bong behind the scenes though um it seems like a lot of the dirt bills that i had already or cross-country bills that i had already um were working right and I mean, of course, you want to say, oh, well, you think about it, you know, dirt rallies, conversation, fine. And, um, but then when you, you know, you pull back the curtain a little bit and you start using the, the actual rally, uh, like suspension and the rally tires and those things do make a dramatic difference, right? Yeah. Because in rally, it's not necessarily about you, you know, taking the turn at your, at the best angle and hitting it, go outside in. I mean, in some ways it is, but you're, you have more, of the slide effect, right? You're more so drifting around more corners or power sliding if you're in an all-wheel drive car, um, more so power sliding around corners and whatnot. So, and that's what's, what makes Rally so unique is because you can, instead of having to slow down through your turn and, you know, kind of pick a point, slow down and speed up through it, you're now, how do I approach this turn so I can have as much momentum Mm-hmm. And still keep that power that I need to help push me through, get me, you know, straighten the car out. Feather, feathering that gas. Feathering that gas. More. Like like I made yeah. the post this week. Uh, <laughs> make, you got to kind of make sure that you feather that gas. Uh, yeah. Now, for me personally, um, it's the Horizon Rally DLC gives me a lot of Colin McRae vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me personally, that does a lot. So, and I can also recognize that that's going to be a very biased thing. Um. And a lot of other people might not have that correlation to kind of draw to and be like, man, yeah, and that's why you keep playing. But for me, that's why I kept investing the time, right? And I find myself, you know, going between because they give you an option on the races, whether you want to do rally or, hey, do you want to do traditional racing? And I'll kind of go back and forth um, where I'll do a couple races, regular rally, and then I'll do the regular race so that I have more people on the track. And I just been having a good time with it, man. I, I built me an Evo out. I uh, built me a Subi. Um, what else? Uh, I rebuilt my uh, my Golf R32, nice. my 2002 Golf R32, to be able to be rally ready. And I've been having an amazing time with that. Um, I got the Audi Quattro 89 uh, Classic <laughs> Rally that they give Death you. Machine. Uh, it it. it and mine looks so. I said Palm a video behind. I I love I love the way that car rolls. Hey, yeah. and I was showing people. I have I have that exact car right here. Yeah, so, there you go. Um, there you go. Those things, those things were nuts. So I, I had to I had to make sure that I made one uh, when they dropped it. It was because it was one of those things. Where like, where is this car at? Right, where is this Audi Quattro at? And uh, when I found it, I was like, yeah, this is my thing. I made it an S one class. So I've just been tearing up the street, tearing up the dirt roads with that. I should say. Um, and then other than that, uh, what else have I gotten into? Uh, the only other thing, and this was kind of like a last night spur of the moment, 
because Diablo 4's beta did exactly what I was anticipating it doing, right? Um, driving up the hype. And it was, that was something that I was very, I'm not going to say fearful of, but it, I knew what I was getting myself into. And it did exactly what I wanted. It, um, it, it made me get excited for Diablo 4. And because of that, I've been kind of debating, hey, man, maybe I should go jump back Diablo 2. Yeah, maybe, you know, maybe jump into this game. But conveniently enough, I've been seeing gameplay for last epoch. And I, this is not the, it's not the first time that I've seen it, but I've seen it over, you know, the last few months where it's really kind of made some strides, um, I, guess, I guess, in my algorithms. And I was like, yeah, you know, the game looks cool. It kind of looks like Diablo 2 in some ways. And I was like, yeah, it looks interesting. And I've been hearing a lot of people say some great things about it. Um, then I started looking at the Walken and people were saying some decent stuff about that. Although that game does have more mixed reviews, um, mm-hmm. but that game is available everywhere. So it's yeah. like, kind of like, well, it's a whatever thing. Um, and then last epoch, the thing about this, this game is the game is still in beta. Um, the other thing too, is that conveniently right after the Diablo four beta, and this is what I was, this is what I mean by the algorithms somehow the update for last epoch got pushed to me right where they put it in my face that hey we just dropped the co-op uh update hmm. so now you can run with four people and you can do dungeons and all, all this other stuff brand new hmm. they dropped a bunch of other great updates for the game and apparently it's it's a much different it's like one of their biggest updates ever thus far yeah. before full release um so i was like you know what Oh no! Here, so here recently, I'd been looking at gameplay, and it was like, ah, you know, looks all right, but I don't think it fit quite fits what I'm looking. Um, I found a, and then to last night, I found a major deal on it. It was like ten bucks or something like that. Um, for last epoch, I was like, you know what? All right, I'll download it. Um, so I downloaded it. I jump in. When I say this last epoch, um, I kind of described it a little bit um and i'm only a few hours in so it's not like i can't tell you a bunch about the story whatever else i can say the best way that i can describe it it's like if diablo 2 dealt with time travel right Mm -hmm. because you go from fighting these demon-like creatures to then fighting dinosaurs Mm -hmm. and to then you know then to then fighting other types of enemies and that's the main premise of it from my understanding currently um, it's PC only, right, Steel? Currently, yes. And it only has partial controller support. Um, okay. Meaning, so, like, I can use my... You can tell that they're starting to work on the mechanics for the controller um, and make trying to make it intuitive. But yeah. there's certain instances where it's just like, oh, now I'm stuck in this screen. I can't back out. Oh, well, I, okay, I need to pull my mouse. I need to use them. Um, right. But other than that, I wouldn't... See, if it didn't have controller support... I wouldn't have played it. There was another game that came out this week. Um, is it, it hockey was... heavy? What do you mean? Well, is it one of those games that's like over the top? Or the, no, it's know, it's literally like Diablo. It's literally so it's just like Diablo. It, okay. it's, so, it's... so they should just copy Diablo's. I, I'm being be I'm yeah. being a thousand percent for real. I'm not trying to be facetious or like oh I'm just using it as an example. When I say the last epoch is literally Diablo, a new version of Diablo two. That's sure. literally exactly okay. what it is. Fair the, enough. um, the inventory system is exactly the same, except it. it's a little bit bigger. Um, but you got to still manage it, right? You pick up, you pick up stuff. You got to decide what you're going to bring with or what you're not. Um, it's exa- it's just like Diablo two. 
um, in so many ways, except they have more of the, and I saw somebody else talking about it last night. I was watching some other videos about it um, just to kind of give myself a little bit more of a baseline. And people were saying it's like, it's like a, it's like if Diablo 2 and Path of Exile had a baby, right? It's not as convoluted as a Path of Exile, right? Mm-hmm. Um, What's the skill people, tree look like? Uh, the skill tree is a little bit, is, is deeper than Diablo 2. And it's also deeper okay. than Diablo 4. Um, deeper than Diablo 4? It is deeper than Diablo 4. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, just because, like, how they have it set up is where you have your main abilities and those abilities um, have their own skill trees. So it's like you can you can focus abilities, right? So you have your heart, hot bar abilities, um, and you can, and what you what you can end up doing is you can choose to focus on like four abilities, I believe that they that they give you. I mean, as you level up or whatever, and those individual abilities have their own skill trees. So let's say I have skeletal mages, right, or I, I can raise the dead or whatever the case, because I'm am I'm using a necro. Um, you can then specialize into that ability and now you can make your skeletons for an example maybe they do more damage maybe they move faster maybe they hit faster okay or maybe they cause bleed or maybe um they'll you can uh, spawn an additional one i haven't looked too deep into it um but there's another ability that i have that's like a a blood kind of spear kind of like kind of like bone spear but it's more it's called blood, yeah, but it's blood more oriented. like a, more blood oriented, where it's the spikes that go through the enemies. And I have uh, a lot this, the skill tree within it. There's a couple different ways. Like there's a poison, and, and there's a cold, then there's a or ice, I should say, and some other underlying mechanics that help you that actually tie into other abilities. So it kind of shows you, hey, if you use these two abilities, they kind of mix, they kind of uh, match up with each other. So and complement each other so you can do even more damage and whatnot. So um, it's really dope, like it. different. Yeah. Uh, hopefully it does end up coming out to everywhere. I also hope that this game ends up having cross cross play. Um, but, you know, that's right now, you know, and there's no telling what, I, if I'm going to continue to play Last Epoch after Diablo 4 comes out, I probably won't because Diablo is Diablo, right? I mean, you just can't, the name by itself is going to guarantee that there's going to be people playing it. Um, but it is good to see that there is something that you know, for those who are more so in favor of the Diablo 2-esque style and are wanting those types of games, like what Diablo 4 is trying to accomplish again, um, it's good to see that there is competition out there, right? So right now, I would I would say Last Epoch, Path of Exile, and Diablo 4 are going to be your top three AR, ARPGs that you that I would personally suggest jumping into. And if you can't jump into any of those and you don't find yourself really liking that, I would say try out Woken and then kind of go from there, right? Um, who's making Last Epoch? Let me, uh, let me see. Because uh, I didn't necessarily pay attention. Uh, the developer is 11th Hour Games. And this is their only game. Last Epoch is literally their first game they've made. It came so, out in 2019, so... Yeah, and it's been in, and it's been in beta since then, right? Yeah. Um, they're just now coming to the point where they're about to have you know a full release. Is oh. getting to that point. So is it, is it like multiverse where they're gonna pull it off? And, and I, I hope not. Everybody? And that's extremely weird that they out of nowhere. They're like, hey, by the way, oh, this, this this was this a beta. A beta. <laughs> what? what? 
and it's like people and i knew that but i don't think i wasn't expecting for them to take it, it wasn't down yeah you know? take it away especially after some people bought hundred dollar yeah, packs and stuff. that's fucked up six you're gonna make people wait six months to <laughs> play the game again or a game that they've spent money on wb what are you doing yeah. oh hey thanks for trying out the beta yeah thanks for helping us fix the game um you don't get to play it for six so what are you gonna do in six months What's going to change? It already had rollback netcode. What else do you need to do? It was already doing all the right things. You know, the problem is, Pong, there was news coming out about it that the game was actually falling off in numbers. Oh, is that what it was? Yes. Did I pull it away from everybody and let everybody forget about it? It wasn't getting the traction. People played it, and then it fell off. Because, at least from my experience, when I stepped away from the game for a couple weeks, I tried to jump back on yeah. It was just, it was like a jarring experience. I was like, "What? What even is this game now?" Um, because just because of how people were playing, but that's like a lot of fighters, though. So it's like, it's hard for me to be like, "Oh, well, there was an unbalancing. It was a balance issue." I don't know what it was. There were there had to be some kind of issue for them to pull an entire game down. It's just that's messed that was up. A weird situation. That's Sorry, I had to throw that in there when you were talking about because that that was messed up this week. Was, no, that was that was Sorry? super jacked what? up. I don't. And I don't, I didn't get that, and it doesn't, still doesn't make sense. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty much been my week as far as gaming goes. Uh, mainly, um, still trying to get back into Hogwarts Legacy, but what other games out there being to play? And then my, again, when you're doing content creation or wanting to put out content out there for the people, um, or you just take in content, right? Because I'm always interested in hearing other people's perspective on things not only in gaming but in culture and personal life and other things behind the scenes um you find your i find myself playing games that allow me to listen to that content right and if i'm playing a story-based game it's hard for me to listen to the story and listen to what six people are trying to tell me on a podcast or 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 one person at any given time honestly so it's just something to take in consideration i will uh get through hogwarts legacy uh because i'm Again, 80 hours in, I might as well go ahead and finish it up. Uh, nothing against the game or anything like that. It's not, oh, you the game didn't interest you enough, so that's why you didn't finish it. Oh, no, I just, based off of what my, I like my gaming habit, right? And that has to be another reality of the situation that has to be acceptable for people to be, to look at or to understand. And if you don't want to understand that, hey, I'm not here to talk to you, man. I'm not going to argue with you about it. You're not going to tell me what type of gamer I need to be or should be. Or it's supposed to be a hobby. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be enjoyable. So I'm going to play. I'm going to do things and enjoy it the way I see. Um, but other than that, I mean, um, of course, Genshin is still currently in the in the rotation uh, because as I am you no know, gearing up uh, for me and my daughter to kind of at, at some point here. Uh, to really like kind of co-op through the world, you know, grind out, get some chests and level up and work on getting all the characters that we want um, over time. So, I mean, it's, you, that's always going to be something. I, now I got it on. It's so real. I got it on my phone now. So it's like I make sure to get my dailies done and it takes about 10 minutes or whatever. So um, so that's still been kind of dope. And I've been loving the gameplay on that. Uh, but yeah, that's been pretty much my week. Nice. That's far. I like that's your far. week, man. I like your week. I like your week. We had a we had a ton of fun in Diablo. Um, yeah, no, we had a we had a we had a bomb time last week. Um, last week, and unfortunately, we couldn't get another day in. Yeah. Uh, again, real life comes always yeah. comes first. But uh, that Saturday night, yeah, we 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 definitely got a lot of we got some good time in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We leveled up. 
I think I, did, I pretty much love enough. I live up yeah, quick you, as hell. Yeah, the, the levels were quick. I mean, they they had everything OP. Um, I know people were talking about that. And, you know, they're going to be really um, upfront. It sounds like they're going to have um, some more dev diaries coming up um, from what everybody said from Ferguson on down, uh, that they're going to talk about what they learned from the beta and what right. they're changing and what they're adjusting. And I think that's going to answer a lot of questions that people have about some of the balancing issues that people found. Um Throughout the game, again, I I think the the beta was more of a technical beta for them on that side. That's why they they OP'd everybody kind of most of uh, the classes. I know there was a couple people that you know, or there was people that said the druid um, felt a little weak and that kind of stuff as well. Uh, but I think that over overall, they wanted to do a tech test more than anything. And the numbers that they got out it's of the a beta, huge number, crazy, sixty five million hours. <laughs> put into that game uh, i mean <laughs> like it's just it, it's it's crazy again people forget how big diablo is um and once everybody started talking about it and and saying especially from the closed beta look they pulled this off this is exactly what we've been asking for in a lot of ways uh you saw the open beta just explode all over the place uh everybody wanted to get in and try it out even if even non-Diablo fans, which was, again, why I think Diablo could be the biggest seller this year. Um, Non-Diablo fans, people who had never jumped in Diablo before, jumped into this one and were absolutely loving it. Uh, that's when you know you've done it right. When you're reaching outside of your already gigantic player fan base mm-hmm. and you're grabbing people that have never touched a Diablo game before this Diablo's or be big. that style. It's yeah, going to be big. It's going to be big. It's going to be gigantic. I, I, think, be- I think ARPGs overall are really hitting for a lot of people yes. um, this time around. I mean, again, because there, there was that stigma against Diablo back in the day, too. I mean, again, uh, we did people yeah. dealing with the whole demons, devils, oh, of course, trying of to pitch course. to the kid and all that, where now it's kind of like it's not as critical or people aren't as like over the top about it now there still are groups that are like oh you're trying to sell our kids to the devil um but it's not as frequent as it used to be so it's a little bit more accepting and people understand the gameplay loot more and uh, there's and there's more loot. gamers that are willing to try people it. people are addicted to loot now that too. That loot too. has become such a big thing um it, it's such a fun loop to have loot right it yeah. is uh it's one of those addiction mechanics that they have perfected through the years that a lot of people this guy right here one of them majorly absolutely loves the hell out of i i I don't care some people you know there's still some people out there like i don't get why everybody likes this game it's like you just push the same button over and over again and kill a bunch of things it's that power fantasy it's not it's that, that it's, it's not that i hate there when people describe it, it like that it's so yeah, but at its base they're not wrong sure. per se but it's like, not it's, vampire survivors <laughs> no it's not vampire survivors no there's more to it than that but the loot and the power fantasy as your character grows in strength that's the thing that's that's the magic right there. Right? That's what it's all about. That's what I love. So, um, and uh, big numbers. And for last epoch, uh, just to answer your question, because somebody asked who the publisher was, um, themselves. Themselves. Yeah. Eleventh yeah. Hour Games, the, the developer, they're the publisher. This is a game that also had a Kickstarter behind it. So themselves are publishing it. Yeah. I think this is the perfect opportunity for Xbox to get another 
for an example, um, to get another one under their belt for a game that could drive, you know, numbers, sales. This could be the game that people play in between the Diablo seasons at some point, because that's that's another reality of it. Um, or just anybody, um, whether it be Sony, this could be Sony could get this under the belt because it is a really good game. And it's one of the higher rated games right now on Steam. Um, I believe it still has over as a 90 percent uh, critical review and a 90 percent over 90 percent user review the game so overall and that that's extremely impressive for a pc um to be frank especially when it's when people constantly are comparing it diablo people and there's a lot of people in the reviews are like yeah this fucking game's pretty fucking solid for what it is it's a really really dope really. all right so since we're getting in it um pong man are you ready to get into I, the upcoming games man what i am let me give you a few shout outs too before do we it. get into that real quick because we got to do that because we've got Nearly 40 people in here rocking out with us, despite all the problems this morning. Uh, uh, much again, love to y'all, man. Yeah, all, all love to all of you that show up here each and every Saturday. Uh, it's Timmy is in the house. What's going on, Timmy? Uh, we got Blue Moon FC. What is going on, brother? Great to have you a part of our chat. Nix is in the house, as always. Thank you, sir, for joining us. Shane G, of course, dropping on in here. Um, great to see you, Shane, as always. And, yeah, he brings up the Quantum Break stuff, and we might talk about that for a minute. Um, a little bit later because it is a weird situation. But uh, Vic the Click, the one and only Vic. What's going on, brother? Crazy Greek dude is in here. Yo, yo to you, sir. OCD Gamer, of course, is dropping on in here. Eastside Vandal, what is going on? And Eastside Vandal was pumping up Angel as well. So I think hey, I am going to watch that. After I'm t- with Buffy, bro, if so. you like Buffy, because yeah. Angel was yeah. literally a continue, yeah, it's like a, a continuation, off, right? right, yeah, right yeah, yeah. From Buffy. If you like Buffy, you'll like Angel. Then I'll go to Angel first, and I'll go back to Charmed because I do want to watch. Charmed. I, I love, I'll yeah, I love. Yeah, I, I know. I That's know. fucking I love great. Those girls too. It always helps. Great show. Uh, <laughs> great show. Eastside Bando. So thank you very much. Sky L is in the house. What's That's Sky. Sky. What's going on? Great to see you in here. Who else we got? We got, of course, we got the brother from another Fun Speculation, aka hey. Mav, aka President and CEO of Fun Speculation Network. That's right. Mav is in the house. What's going on, brother? Stuffed Sean is in here. What's going on, Stuffed? Always great to have you a part of our show. Nam Omar is in here. One of the OGs as well. What's going on, Nam? Great to have you uh, jumping in here and saying hi. And of course, the great, the one, the only, wandering Dutch from the midweek hey. mix-up. And he is doing his community indie showcase once again, which Steele and I have to get done here at some point too. yeah so gotta get our get games together to and everything yeah, yeah. we're gonna be a part of it again but go check out wandering dutch go check out the midweek mix-up collective over there and that group of individuals including ian Steele, living split screen uh great group of guys uh just absolutely love gaming over there um and of course fahim scott always coming in here uh tony grasso is in the house what's going on tony um that's as far back as i can go if i missed anybody let me see if anybody jumped in on the bottom Masshole 1977, what's going on? I see you in here. Um, thank you all again. Uh, apologize for the late start. Uh, real life happens, but uh, I do appreciate you all jumping back here and uh, joining us uh, because we are going to get into our topics as always. All right, so let's do this week of gaming coming Ow. up here. And of course, as always, we use uh, gameinformer.com, not sure perfect do. by any stretch of the imagination. And and in fact, I think they are wrong this week on one of theirs, but uh, I was trying to confirm. But Steel, can you look up, They did they delay Hogwarts Legacy for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One again? 
Is it supposed to come out in April? I thought it was June that yeah, they changed it to. April 4th. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Was that the was that the next date? Anyways, it's on the list, so if you can look at that in the back. Uh, let me see real quick. Hogwarts Legacy, new release. PlayStation 4. PlayStation 4. Uh, no. Uh, still did. has April 4th listed here. Hmm. Okay. Um, hold Chad, on. if you guys remember, was there another delay for Hogwarts Legacy for the uh, old, uh, for last year? I thought there was. I thought there was, too. Anyway, it's still on Game Informer's list, so we'll just I'll throw it in there, but I think it has been delayed. And not that too many people are. I, I don't think it's going to come out. Um, looks like May 5th. Is Hogwarts Legacy Deluxe Edition the standard edition for PlayStation 4 and Xbox okay. One? Okay, so and then May. July 25th yeah. is the Switch version. Okay. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. So that's May. So we'll skip that one then. All right. So let's start here. Uh, this is going to be week of April the 3rd. And we are going to start off on April the 4th. Creed Rise to Glory Championship Edition is coming to PlayStation VR 2 on April 4th. So you want to get your boxing on? in vr which actually would be kind of a good time uh for yeah that would watched. be yeah 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 i don't I mean, put no eight hours into it or nothing but i would no. have a good time with it once or twice uh that comes out april 4th and then we got grim grimoire once more coming to playstation 5 playstation 4 and the switch uh this is from vanillaware if you guys don't know uh vanillaware dragon crown uh beautiful hand-drawn animation these, these guys over there still do hand-drawn animation. Vanillaware is amazing. Published by NIS. NIS is one of the Eastern companies, which we might get into because supposedly Xbox has an embarrassing problem. NIS is one of the Eastern companies that is still resistant to putting their games on Xbox, which is unfortunate uh, because Vanillaware games are absolutely amazing to play. So if you got a PlayStation 5 or 4 or a Switch and you want uh, something that's beautiful, uh, go get anything vanillaware but grim Gumoir once more is coming out on april 4th uh meet your maker this game actually looks really interesting it's not a full price game uh you guys might have remembered we saw it at a couple different shows last year this is where you build and run these towers where you got to go collect it's kind of in a cyberpunk future um mm -hmm. dystopian future um, and you ha and you can actually create these towers with traps inside, mm -hmm. enemy placement. You can control all of that. And then you're basically running other people's dungeons mm -hmm. trying to get the best times. And you can do it in co-op as well. I've watched a few videos. It's, it's coming everywhere. Um, it's uh, Or I should say it's coming on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. Not Switch. But it does look interesting. And, and I think it like the regular edition I think is like 30 bucks maybe 40 bucks, something like that. Um, it's, it's a cool concept. I don't think it's going to, you always wonder, cause you just never know where the next thing's going to come right. from, but I just don't think it's going to catch on, but it'd be something that I, like, if I may have anything else to play, I'd want to jump into and try. Right. It looks kind of cool. It really does. First person. Um, like I said, you got all these traps, you got all these enemies, everything's random because people have created it. it. It just seems like a cool concept. Um, so meet your maker comes out on April the 4th as well. And then we got a Road 96 Mile Zero. A lot of people I, liked Road 96, and this is Mile Zero coming out for PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, P Switch, and PC. Uh, Digix Art and Raven's Court is the publisher, and that comes out April the 4th as well. Um, go check that one out. And then we've got Batora, Lost 
Haven coming to Switch. Now, Batora's been out. This was actually a uh, indie game that I tried to demo. I think this was part of the id, uh, ID at Xbox, I should say, um, program. Uh, and I actually did try the demo. Uh, extremely interesting concept. Uh, very cool. Graphically, beautiful. Colors popping off the screen. Um, but Batora Lost Haven, um, you might want to go check it out. It's an adventure game. It's from uh, published by Team 17, which they do really good work with the indie side of things. Mm-hmm. And it's developed by Stormmind, uh, Storm, My, Stormmind Games. So go check that out. Um, it, like I said, it had launched previously, but it's coming out to Switch this week. Um, and then we got Curse of the Sea Rats coming to PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Curse of the Sea Rats is an action game uh, developed by Platoon's Studio, published by P-Cube. I got nothing on this one. I haven't seen this one before, but obviously it's Curse of the Sea Rats. It's mice and pirates. Hmm. So I don't know what they go. It says it's an adventure game. Uh, so go check it out. Uh, yeah, interesting. I had not heard of any. It's the Rescue Rangers. Yeah, it kind of looks like Rescue Pirate Rescue Rangers. Kind of. <laughs> uh, Rescue Rangers with chickens, but of course. Oh, fucking great show. Close enough. Yeah, great show. Dipping down. Um, and then one that I'm looking forward to is getting its PC release, and it will be console released later this year. And this is Ever Space This. Look. <laughs> it's it's. It's I've I've played the beta of the game yeah. uh, or the early access that was available on PC. Yeah. Um, Everspace Two. If you guys liked um, what was that chorus? Um, Everspace Two is the is the next level of that, right? Um, and, and it's Diablo in space still. Really? That's what this. Yeah, I didn't get I didn't get that vibe from for. it originally. That's but, what the developers are hmm. going for. That's what they say themselves. Okay. I, I've watched a bunch of videos because I played Everspace One for a bit and really, really loved what they have. And so I've been watching videos on Everspace 2 in preparation because, you know, again, I'm a space guy. I'm a sci-fi right. guy. And a again, there's no, it, it, it's it's all flying. So you got to mm-hmm. be in the space flight, right? Yeah. It, it's, but custom, they've got, they've got your classes of ships, just like Diablo's got classes. True. You go around, you collect loot. That's it's true. Like you do in Diablo. It's true, got you rarities. Think about it. yeah. It's got blueprints. It's got crafting. It's got all of it. They literally said they they consider themselves a Diablo in space with spaceships. So yeah, that kind of makes it more interesting. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, you gotta go watch some back, videos right now too, because there's yeah. a lot of people that have been playing it. On PC. I just played it. I didn't look up anything about it or anything like yeah. that. I just I saw it and I was like, yeah, I like space. Yeah. Like I like these types of games. So I jumped into it. And it's it gorgeous. And- it's yeah, too. and it's literally you can go to every planet, you can fly around every planet. Yep. You're ju- you can jump, uh, you know, uh, space jump and all of that. It's yeah, it's really and it's a really good looking game. It and really the mecha- is, and the flight mechanics feel really? very intuitive. Chorus is still the best flight mechanics I've played recently. For- Chorus is ever ever space two. Yeah, I-, I can't wait to try it. I haven't played yeah. Chorus yet, but okay, Chorus I- is phenomenal. I. Th- I don't know. Again, with me not having played Chorus, it's going to be yeah, hard yeah, to say. Yeah, no, like, and I yeah. can't talk about Everspace 2 because I haven't played I think, it, But so. I think you, you'll be, yeah. whenever it comes out to console, you'll be very surprised with the way Everspace 2 plays. It's and there's no telling the what shoot. they've changed. No, no, right, 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 because now it's getting the full release. So April 6th on PC, they still don't have a date for um, console outside of 2023. It is current gen only. 
So yes. you know they're taking full advantage. Again, it has go to watch be. There's the videos. No it's gorgeous. Yeah. There's no gorgeous. way. There's no way this so, is running on anything other than a pre- uh, than current gen yeah. consoles because yeah, there's no way. The way that the game works and all the systems that they have in place, and they have a story in it um, that you can follow. It's 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 really fun. It's cool. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Yes, I will be in the probably the middle of Starfield when this thing comes out. But after I get through my first run of Starfield for hundreds of hours, and I finally start going back to grazing again, Everspace Two is going to be on the top of my list. I want to jump into it for sure. Um, Paparazzi coming to Switch. That's right, everybody. Paparazzi. This was the game that was dropped January twentieth, twenty twenty-two, for Xbox Series, Xbox One, and PC. It is now coming to Switch. It's a it's a simulation. This is the one where you go to, around taking pictures. Yep. Like paparazzi. That's, that's right? all. You get it? All like, yeah. So, so, yeah, go check it out. Uh, that is coming to Switch. And then we've got um, EA Sports PGA Tour. It's in the game. That's right. Golf is back, everybody. PGA Tour uh, coming out on April the 7th. PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PC, current gen only. Thank you, EA, for moving forward again. Uh, I do love the PGA series. Uh, I don't, you know, again, I don't get into them like some people in this community do, but I love knocking the ball around. I, I really do. I think it's so much fun. Uh, they do such a great job on their golf games. So uh, I know hey, a lot of people. And uh, in case you're interested, maybe you want to play as John Cena. Yeah. He's going to be in. He's going to be in here. Why not? Why not? At this point, why not? Let's just have everything. Yeah, they might like, as well just we play every, get, yeah. That'd we need be fun. Wick everywhere. We need John Wick everywhere. He needs to be in every game. So I can't believe they don't have a John Wick skin in Call of Duty yet. Uh, yeah, actually, they, they do have Shredder. That was, and I, I mean, I have the Shredder skin. So let me, yes, yes, yes. I'm a Shredder fan, so I got Shredder. What? I, I got, got Shredder. Shredder in Call of Duty. Yeah, he's cool. He's cool. He's fun. I like him. He, he looks cool. I don't, I don't know. Okay. The only thing right. that they're missing now is the Ninja Turtles. I mean, you can't go Shredder and then not add the Ninja Turtles. Like, I, no, they they introduced Turtles in the Call of Duty. Come on, hey, well, hey, might as well. Or they can make guys that are wearing suits that look like turtles and then give them all bandanas around their. Yeah, because he would have to because the shells would give people a bigger hit. Yeah, hit markers. So yeah. Or make their sure. book bag look like a you know brown yeah. shells. Um, there's yeah. creative ways that they could go. Yeah, there's creative we'll ways they could do it, but it was still kind of dorky. Uh, it would look like a bunch of dudes running around in turtles. Hey, hey, Nick's. I don't know how you play as John Cena. I just saw somebody on Twitter here recently <laughs> say that, hey, special edition, you get John Cena. So, hey, you can't Why see not? him. Why not? You can't. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that is your up week, our week in upcoming games. Oh. Um, so, Please. nothing. You know, nothing crazy this week. We've had a lot of drops lately, but nothing crazy this week, unless you are on PC and you're looking for Everspace 2, because a lot of people are, or PGA Tour. Uh, I think those are your two big ones this week. Um, so, yeah, Steel, that's how we're starting out, man. Nice. Um, we got a lot coming up, though. Talked about it last night. Now we're April 1st, so we are 10 days away from Ghostwire Tokyo. Yeah. Uh, we are 17 days away from Minecraft Legends. Mind you. We're getting a complete version for Ghostwire, by the way. Yep, Ghostwire with new, uh, with actual uh, new gameplay too, as well, um, and mechanics. Um, Seventeen days away from Minecraft Legends, uh, we are thirty. Uh, what, what are we now? Thirty-one days away from Redfall. Um, we're getting 
goofy here with the amount of games coming out steel uh that are gonna be dropping in and those are all game pass games that's not even yeah. party stuff so uh i mean there's again there's a lot of content that's coming uh, a lot of gamings to get into again uh more time this time for sure this year is going to be a test of a lot of people's fomo uh because again i'm going to iterate hey guys you know make sure that you're playing games that you've got genuine interest right uh because if you force yourself to play something that you're not necessarily into like for an example ghostwire tokyo just because it's coming to xbox doesn't give me all of a sudden more of a reason to jump into it and i know it's going to be on game pass but i still don't i personally don't have enough interest in ghostwire currently to go in and give it a run now for those who do have been looking for it this is going to be your time to jump into it but i kind of saw that conversation happening again this week where people were like, oh, you, you all are only liking those games because they're uh, in Game Pass now or they're in the Xbox ecosystem. Like, not, there's not a lot of people that are like that. Um, so, I mean, if you want to use that as part of your argument, I, I, I feel you, I got you, but I, I just, just I, I, don't I, don't, know. I don't get that. Not everybody owns all consoles. Like, it, it's not like that. Like, I was interested in Ghostwire Tokyo when they announced it. But of course, if it's not going to be on the console that I can play it on right currently, I'm not going to talk about it that much because I haven't had a chance to experience it yet. So for me, it's like, no, this is the first time I'm going to have chance hands on. Right. Um, it was the same thing with Deathloop. It, it's no different. These things disappear and then come around when they drop back into Game Pass and get a second life again. It's right. first party now. So, yeah, I'm going to jump into Ghostwire because I was interested from the get go. I thought it looked really cool and it's got some interesting concepts and, and it's a it's it's that horror type of game that I can play that I believe I can play. Now I haven't played it yet, so maybe I get it. Yeah, no, I, Yo, wait, from wait, what wait. I've seen, it's I've watched, not, yeah, from it's what, not. what I've watched other people play. No, no, not at all. It's got the mysticism in it. It's got you know you got all these abilities, these really cool looking abilities. We're gonna get the best version of it now that it's dropping into Game Pass. I'm excited for it. It's got all the updates to it. I can't wait. I can't wait for Ghostwire. Yeah. I'm going to be talking about it. And like, so Shane, like Shane G says, still, please give Ghostwire a chance. <laughs> Look, I, I don't know. For me, it always comes down to more so time than anything else. Um, am I going to take time pulling away from other games that I want to play um, to give this one a shot, right? And then if I do end up liking it for whatever reason, now this time I'm taking away from other things. So that's the more so the perspective that I come from. It's not more so like when I say I don't have an interest in it, right? It's not like Redfall for an where Redfall is just like, ah, it's still it's so shaky. If I had to purchase the game, I wouldn't. Ghostwire is kind of more 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 so one of those things that from what I have seen, it is interesting, but I'm not interested because of the different games that i that i'm currently playing right and because a lot of the things that i do play are more so multiplayer facing or live service based those take time um effort energy steel, put into steel this is how steel controls his grazing yeah, right? yeah that's so that's all is, that it is he sets up boundaries for whereas i don't i yeah, don't set yeah. up boundaries for myself or that's very rarely right very rarely do i set a boundary so steel just sets guidelines for himself where he just no i'm gonna focus on this one two try to, three least. games yeah. <laughs> try to right right unless something really big comes along yeah. but a game that you're not like oh my god i need the yeah it's... you're gonna you're gonna push that off to the side for a bit and put it on the back burner if you get some free time you want to jump into it you'll jump into it but... exactly not like yeah, other yeah. people are like no the game's trash and i don't want to play right, like right, right, right. that makes no sense <laughs> like yeah. i need i need you to at least 
tell me why you feel that way before you just say that's the reason. Like I, right. I hate when people do that. It's hey, so look, weird. Steel. I had to convince Steel to jump into Diablo Four. No, you did. Jump into you Diablo, did because he's not a beta boy. Uh, I don't like being like beta betas. Boy. Yeah. But you know, I finally convinced him. But he was gonna hold his ground. He wasn't gonna play the beta at all. So you know, that's how Steel rolls, and it, it, it's a fair play because he does like to focus on games. So. There's nothing wrong with that. And another thing, too, like I was telling people behind the scenes when we were chopping it up before we ended up going live um, uh, for the audio listeners and everything, they're first-person games I have a really hard time just jumping into and enjoying. Um, now, if Ghostwire Tokyo was a third-person game, I probably would have more of a chance of me jumping into it. And the point that I was making behind the scenes, it's funny because a lot of people would say, oh, well, you're more so, you'd probably have more enjoyment in these PlayStation games then. And it's like... No, I don't though. Those style of games, just because God of God of War can be a, is is a good game. In my opinion, though, it's not the game that everybody makes it seem it as to me. And again, it's just my personal belief in that, though. Right? Um, the closest, the best game that I think they have over there, Spider Man. Right. That is their killer IP over there. Mm-hmm. Not God of War, not Horizon. Like, I would rather play Spider-Man in any of one of those two games. Matter of fact, I almost regret buying God of War back in the, when I bought it in 2018. I played it for play four Horizon. hours, and it was boring. And I'd rather play Horizon than any of them. And, you would, and, you would, and yeah, see, I, Horizon, I jumped six <laughs> right. hours into Horizon. Right. I, I gave and Horizon three tries. It. Yeah, a lot and of people played it. So. I just... Did you play Ghost of Tsushima, Steel? No. It's not... It's not um, I think it came oh, out... It, come up, it came out the last yeah it came out the last year of playstation 4 so oh, no i didn't yeah no i didn't yeah. play ghost of tsushima and i know that it, yeah. that it has a like a pve uh co-op mode now and everything and if ghost of tsushima comes to pc i might try it but it's not again but it's i've played a similar style to that game and i understand that it's gonna it's a good looking game and it's different and in some what, ways what game i really assassin's creed i've i've played that style of game before Right, and I, I I get that. I'm not saying it's an exact replica, kind of stuff, right? right? So it's it's different. It's not it's not an exact replica, right? I'm I'm not saying no, I, that I it's this, saying, but yeah. it's an open world game yeah. based based off the feudal era and dealing with like that's great. I get it. I, it's an it could be a, a very fun time, but it's an, it's not the killer IP for me, right? It's right. not the thing to be like, oh, I need to play Ghost of Tsushima. I again, this isn't even Sony's game, but. I'd rather play Stellar Blade. <laughs> like, that's, but that's yeah, just, that's just you, right? Um, again, not knocking any of those other games. You gotta have, you just have to understand what you like. And I wish I could like those other games. Oh, know who you and are as a gamer. The whole entire reason I bought a PlayStation Four in the first place was for Gundam Breaker Three. No other first party game did that. A game that nobody else really knows about. I was gonna say and you gotta be like the only about. person that can honestly say that. That was the only reason. <laughs> as soon as I saw that oh, game and recognized people, yeah. the only re the I would have not bought in that console if I never once I bought once I saw that game I was like I need one I need it I need, I need it as soon as possible and guess what I got it I had a fucking fun time with it but after I was done with it yeah I bought God of War and I bought Spider Man played through Spider Man had a fucking amazing time but after that my PlayStation Four sat for like over a year. Like a year and a half, almost two years, and I didn't touch it. I didn't play it. So uh, it's it's all 
again, personal things, know what you stand for as a gamer, as I always like to say, yeah. know what you're into, know what your what your habits are, and just kind of go from there. It's, it's just mind-boggling to me when people make it seem like they don't, like you have to do something to have a perspective or, or oh no, you, you haven't played these games yet, so you don't understand. Like, would you play how long we've would... been how long have we been playing games for? Like, why do I have to? Why do I have to play a game that I don't have an interest in? I, you want me to play every game that comes out that I might not have an interest in. Like when, when, when the person telling you that doesn't doesn't do that because he because they trash games that are all the time party AAA. all the time. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, let's like come on. You can't do it for one side and not do it for the other <laughs> side. Like come on, guys. But anyway, anyways, yeah. Um, I think that does lead us into an interesting conversation, though, right? Because um. And I'll start off with a we'll start off with a little bit of heat, a little bit of smoke, um, because some people, for some people, this conversation, and again, I'm, we're probably giving a little bit more credence than it deserves, or, um, um but I want to start off by t- uh, addressing something. Maybe we can make it a fun topic uh, with Greg Miller. Greg Miller from oh. Kind of Funny. Um, I want to first start off by saying, I understand what satire is. I also understand what being funny is. I get it. It's subjective. I also, and, and I also, yeah, I was going to be the next part. I also <laughs> understand that it is subjective. But there is something to be said about the way that you display yourself on the internet um, and how it may look to certain audiences. I know a lot of people are like, well, you know, he's, this is a shtick. He's been doing mm-hmm. it. Okay. Thing about that though, and the thing about those key points is, it's supposed to be funny. It's supposed to come off creative. It's supposed to come off like there was some tact to it, for for lack of a better way to kind of express it. And Greg Greg Miller's kind of um, public display of, for lack of a better way, hate that he displayed for PC gamers, right? And again, um, making him, he's talking about a certain fan base that's probably been trolling him for quite some time or teasing him about certain, and I get that, but you can't, to me, you can't come out and make a video calling PC players, you fucking idiots, you stupid, dumb bastards, and all this other crazy shit that you are saying and generalizing an entire audience. There's a better way to talk about those things than the way that he went about it. And it's also disturbing because I don't know, maybe you guys can send me some videos or um, some information on whether he ended up covering this. I want to know because I didn't see anything about it. Did he end up covering and addressing the fact that last of us coming to PC in the, the amount of issues that it has, that that's a fucking problem. That that's not okay. And I just, I did not see him. And I watched further into what that video than just that clip. And I don't recall him saying anything or addressing Sony directly about them allowing a port to be released that was half-ass done. And if it wasn't half-ass done, and again, people can say, well, oh, Dev put in work and all these then why is it get, why does it have the amount of technical issues that it does? Especially because there there was a post 
um, done by Naughty Dog that said, oh, we made sure to put in our uh, utmost effort into the, into the PC port that we did into the regular game. Where? Because a lot of people don't see it. And right now, it is one of the most, it is one of the worst rated games from a PlayStation port coming to PC because of its technical issues. So why are we addressing a fan base and saying, oh, y'all dumb bitches have told y'all to get a, uh, you should have got a PlayStation instead of your PC and actually address the issue that itself. Hey, Naughty Dog, hey, PlayStation, as a, as a shill for your company, with somebody who loves <laughs> your hardware, why did you allow one of the greatest games on your platform to be displayed in this manner? You remade the game, you have a show for the game, and then now you port it over to PC and it's a half-baked PC port? What year do we live in? This is 2010 where they're still struggling making uh, ports over to PC from the console because they were working off of the um, Jaguar cores? No, it's not. So it's cringy to me when you address a certain audience the way that he did to me. And everybody's going to have their own definition of what's cool. I'm not going to say that I have everything that I do is cool. It's, it's not. You know what I mean? I might, I might do some cringy things, and that's cool. I, but I would want people to call me out if they saw something like, hey, Steel, man, that, that was fucking kind of cringy, dude. Like, the way that you expressed yourself in that moment wasn't that great. And instead, what it does, it, it actually makes me look at his professionalism at a, in a different way especially for somebody that has a huge platform, one, who's been in the industry for quite some time and probably has a better understanding of how some of these things work. To me, it comes across like, hey, maybe you've lost some of your audience. Maybe you didn't get enough clicks this month. Maybe um, you're not doing the greatest and you needed to do something that was going to gain some traction. And this was it, which is corny behavior to me. You did it for the look. You did it for, um, what's, the, what's the term for? For clout. You, you, you did it to draw in an audience. And guess what? Like, I can't entirely be mad at it because it worked. All the people that are talking about it, all the people, I mean, again, we're talking about it right here. He did a second video of it. And he did a second video and doubled down on it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it just comes across to me like there's something that's lacking there. Because you, instead of addressing the issue first, you instead attack a player base because, oh, oh, you, just, you should just get it on the console that it was made on because it was made for this console and buying it elsewhere is, uh, is irrelevant and uh, you PC player. It just feels like, He's coming from a place of where he might have felt personally attacked and wanted to try to create a joke out of something that he found funny because of his PlayStation bias, because he is PlayStation eccentric. That's his, that's what we, that's where he favors to be quite fair, which is fine. 
I just don't respect the way that he went about it, especially with the platform that he has. Um, and just the, the level of professionalism that I would expect. But again, I can also be honest and say, hey, I don't watch Kind of Funny. I have never liked Greg Miller like that. I've never paid attention to his content like that. I have always thought the things that come out of, out of his mouth were extremely cringy, that he did not speak for the gamers, per se. He only spoke for the things that he likes, which is fair, and his bias, which is fair. Yeah, absolutely. But it's also fair for me to say, that shit is fucking weird, dude. It's weirdo behavior. That is some shit that you would have got back in the, like 10 years ago. You would have got clowned on by, by, by me and my, me, me and my guys. Like that is, or you like, that is like the kid that got beat up in high school type behavior or middle school type. Like you got bullied on and now you're turning around and being a bully, even though you're, you're doing it to be funny. This isn't, it wasn't funny. Like the key to being a satire and trying and telling jokes is it has to be funny. Me personally, it wasn't. And I just don't like the, the display, especially when you still, because this is something that the average consumer may, is going to end up seeing. Because if you type it in, Kind of Funny is one of the top uh, shows that comes up first when you type in gaming content or gaming news, gaming anything. Kind of Funny is, is closer to the top before you get to anybody else. And that is the standpoint that I'm coming from. So anybody that has a general interest coming in, they're going to see that video and be like, oh man, well, you see, oh, look at gamers still doing what I thought gamers do. Childish behavior, talk console warring, not talking about anything um, subjectively and coming from a selfish standpoint. Again, gaming is, can be selfish. It's supposed to be selfish in a lot of ways. But I, I personally think that once you get a platform, you have an audience of people that listen to you that you should be more tactful about how you talk about things and at least address the issue right because overall the issue that's presented is an issue that has been more prevalent on pc recently and it's not no matter what the platform is if you're going to release a game into an ecosystem you should put your best foot forward and to me this doesn't look like PlayStation's best foot forward. And you can say, oh, well, you know, it was made by the same people who made this other game, who did this other port, Iron Galaxy. So, it still had to go through PlayStation. It still had to go through Sony. In the same way that y'all accepted, that y'all talked about Craig Face and all that with Halo, this doesn't deserve the same energy just because it's on PC? And it's been confirmed that Naughty Dog took the lead, so... And then you confirm that Naughty Dog took the lead. So how does that make you look? And then you try to come out with an article to say that, oh, we try, you know, we, we, put, we put the best effort into it to make sure it was a, as great of an experience as it was when it originally released. By who? Who did you let play this game? Or, like, what is going on? I don't know. Again, me just to wind it back down it's just the way that the that it was addressed the way that it was talked about and the fact that he does have a large platform and it is something that 
because again there are people who are rallying behind it right again it's in, you're inciting the council war right all those people who fall in line with that mythology with that mentality because this xbox guy's doing it too right xbox guys there's xbox people jumping in and being like oh yeah screw those pc players they got what they deserved what <laughs> So we deserve broke games. People deserve broke games, huh? We're, we just deserve to get gamers just deserve to get more broken games, huh? We we should ch get charged more for games and allow publishers to remake games that don't necessarily have to be remade because the original iteration of the game was. I mean, again, you got a you had a show that came out. I get it. And then Naughty Dog takes over the main development of the of the port, and it comes out the way that it does. Of a game that I think is one of the greatest games in gaming history. It's I think it's embarrassing. I think it's embarrassing to PlayStation into the IP itself. Personally, that's just my opinion. Pong, I mean, what did you take from you know? Greg Miller of X, uh, XCast, kind of funny, saying, talking about and addressing the PC gamers. And again, if you saw something where he was actually addressed the issues and said, hey, Sony, this isn't okay. Hey, PlayStation, we need to get it together. Don't let me know. But all that I saw was the double, triple, quadruple down on the smoke that he was giving out. And I just didn't find it funny or tactful. What do you think? Yeah, um, I kind of conflicted on this one. It, it was crazy because I didn't find it funny. But see, I'm an old guy, too, and I don't find a lot of things that people find nowadays funny at all. Greg Miller's an older guy, too. Greg Miller's been around for a long time. This is, I used to watch kind of funny back in the day. Uh, I used to have a lot of, I, I, I still do have a lot of respect that a nerd, and I say that lovingly because I am one as well, a nerd like Greg Miller could build something. He has no right being as popular as he ever became <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, right? But he did it, and so I got a lot of respect for that. However, I lost a ton of respect um, for all of Kind of Funny when they turned their back on Colin, um, when Colin went through his cancel culture moment on Twitter. Um, I lost a ton of respect for those guys, and honestly, they have turned and I'll use this term because it's the easiest way to describe it, more mainstream than they used to be. They, to me, are just like the IGNs of the world, like you said, Steel, where the masses get their information. And I think the IGNs, um, the game spots, the kind of funnies, they all do a disservice to that audience. Now, I understand that for them, it's about the clicks. It's about how many people they're drawing in. Right. And if it's working for you, it works for you. So you continue to do that type of form of entertainment. But when I listen to them actually talk about gaming, most of the time, I think that us in the in, in this community, you, me, Steele, a, a lot of the people in the community have much more passion for the industry than these guys do at IGN, kind of funny, et cetera. So I have a hard time listening. Yeah, I have a hard time listening to that content nowadays because I look at them like, what do you, what do you guys... Like, what are, you, what are you talking about? Like, do you guys not even look at articles? Do you not read? Do you not hear what's going on in the community? None of that. You guys are so far above it now. You've lost that right. perspective completely. Like, so I get annoyed with that type of content nowadays, more so than anything. And, and it's a me thing. Again, they're doing their thing. They're making money. They got whole time. Greg Miller employs a ton of people yeah. uh, through what he does, right? Yeah. So I give them props for all of that. 
But for me, it's just not what I'm into. So no, I did find his take cringy, and I will agree wholeheartedly, Steele, that I would have liked to have seen if he was going to do that. That's fine. He likes being the yeah, heel. I mean, he's big into wrestling. He now sure. he, he gets on WWE and all that kind right. of stuff now. Like that's what he's turned himself into. So he likes being the playing that role. That's fine. You you can have those skits. You can have those those moments where you do 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 that kind of stuff. But I would have liked to also have seen them take a serious tone with it and give Naughty Dog and Sony the righteous smoke for allowing a PC port of, like you said, Steel, one of the, for me, it's one of my goats of all time, part one, there is no part two for me, but The Last of Us is one of the greatest games that you continuously have now remade time and time again, allowing a port to be this shoddy up front. This is something that we give companies, all companies. Yeah, Xbox, all smoke. Nintendo, Pokemon, yeah. it was all awful. Like, we give them all the smoke for this kind of nonsense in 2023. And now that Sony is supposedly taking their games elsewhere to PC, Jim Ryan himself said it, console gamers are not enough to support us. Well, guess what? You just entered a whole new realm boys and girls over at Sony and PC gamers, their expectations are a lot higher than console gamers in a lot of ways. Yeah. Okay. If you don't price point quality, if you aren't hitting, you're going to hear about it from the PC community. Yeah. And sales, and, and, right. And sales, right. They're going to, they're, they're going to raise the pirate flag on you real quick. Because they have that option. Whether you guys think that's right or wrong, again, I'm not here to debate the yes. piracy thing. I'm just saying, they have that option over there. That's why, generally speaking, most companies know to take care of the PC gamers first, right? That's how it works. So if you're going to do this, and you're going to start putting your first party, AAA, big home run games on the PC, you got to take it to another level, and you got to make sure that it hits, that it's quality, that it can't be the shoddy port where you just go, oh, it's good enough and we'll fix it. If you're going to do this, you got to jump in with both feet in. And this shows that they're not there yet. Because now, there's no way. Because yeah, now the ahead. problem is, Pong, it's like for people that did watch the show and then say, you know what? I came to PC. Oh, man. Well, it's going to have all these upgrades and I've heard a lot about it. Let me jump into it now. And then they get into the game in their first hour, 45 minutes. I mean, Again, oh no, it's Alex. Shout out to him. He did an excellent uh, port review on it and has also actually done some great content. Shout out to oh no, it's Alex. If you guys aren't following him, check out his content. He's cool. He's a cool dude, Um, at least in my personal opinion. Um, He's very subjective. People don't like him. He's funny. I, I he's funny to me. I, I think he's That's funny. That's satire. He's doing it right. This other shit ain't fine. Like, I don't get that. But anyway, um, but you get, because the problem on Steam, right? Steam, you get an hour to play the game, and then within the hour, um, well, you have to do it before the hour, but within the hour, you can return the game if it's not satisfactory to you, right? Um, Steam doesn't even argue with you. If yeah. you didn't play it for an hour, return it. It's all good. If you spend the time spending an hour for the shaders to get together, right? Yeah. Or you spend time dealing with crashes for an hour, and you over and you pass that time, mind you, Steam is is more reasonable so they'll look at it and there there probably is ways that you can still get a refund but nonetheless what if you can't get a refund though so now you have a game 
that you can't play because you're having technical issues. Maybe you're not the most technical apt person um, as far as PC gaming goes. Um, you don't want to put in all the work that is going to be required of you to get the game running. From my personal experience, there are some games, Forza Horizon, that was part of the reason why I stopped playing it early on. Because I was playing it on PC and I was constantly having issues with the game crashing. I don't have any of those issues now. But it did make me stop playing the game. And it did make me look at it side-eyed, which is why I'm probably more geared for motorsport now because it's like, uh, I don't, uh, I'm, I'm cool. I've, I've, I've played this. And I can be fair and say between the race structure and everything from Horizon 4 to 5, it's not much different. So it's not like I'm missing much. But the smoke has to be consistent across the board, and I just don't like the... Don't like the, no. the tact of it, man. Like, no, no, and like I said, to get back to Greg Miller specifically, since that's pretty much the topic, is that I would have liked to have seen them, you know, call it out and say, This is unacceptable. Uh, even as my favorite platform, uh, you know, and I'm not saying me, I'm saying Greg, even as my favorite platform, even though I'm not going to play it on PC, you should have still, you know, Naughty Dog, you should have still respected your IP enough to make sure that the quality that's my is in place that it, that we don't that's have a version like this out there, even for PC players who I give a hard time because I'm never going to be that guy. Yeah, I mean, that, that That's what I would hmm. have liked to have seen. And he could have still done a skit. He could have still done the heel thing. He could have done all that. And again, it is an ongoing thing. I will back that up. This is something he's been doing for a long time. But the point being is that's where those type, that type of content kind of funny IGNs, I think miss out and why I get so annoyed trying to listen to them at any point nowadays, for the most part here and there, they will do it right. But for the most part, they lose the important part to be mainstream. And that's where I have the issue and, and, and Greg Miller and kind of funny are no different. They lose that respectability from me personally, when I watch this and I don't see them dive into that. The actual real important part was, hey, you guys released a shoddy port of one of the best IP in the world. It's unacceptable, and you can't have this as you guys are trying to move into the PC market. This is not going to help you guys get more sales over on PC side of things, which in turn help you make more games like this for us make on more consoles money. as well as PC. Right. So this is not going to help, but that whole point is missed because – Greg is too wrapped up in being the heel and doing his skit and then doubling down on it right, with a man. second video because that's he's getting the clicks, yeah. which pays the bills. Mm -hmm. But I think there's room for both sides. And that's when I don't that's what I don't appreciate is they didn't bring the other side to give that smoke as well. And again, if I didn't see it, then I'm wrong, but I haven't seen anybody post any videos either. where saying, oh no, Greg did actually talk about it. And this was, you know, a, a topic that they all discussed and they, they gave Sony the right to smoke for the quality control issues. They did not, you know, they, they did not let this slide. No, they let this slide from everything that I've seen and didn't make, and that's it, not, no, didn't bring up the important conversations to be had uh, about it. So yeah, no, I agree with you, Steel. Uh, again, I didn't like it. I didn't think it was funny. I knew what he was doing because I've seen him do it. So for me, I was like, oh, okay, well, Greg's going this route. That's obvious. And, and that's the thing. It has a door. Excellent point. I thought Naughty Dog was quality. Quality. Right. I, right. I, I mean, I I'm thought that's what it was. That's and also what he is. That's why $70 games, you know, that's why we pay $70 for games over on Sony, right? 
That's why we're willing to pay $100 for games over on Sony because they give me the quality all the time. Well, if you're going to set that standard, it can't, and you're going to expand your base because you want to get a bigger base by getting into the PC, you got to treat the PC side the same as you do the console side and make sure that quality remains consistent. Otherwise, I think it should tarnish your reputation. 100%. Again, this goes for every company, but if you are the company like Sony, PlayStation, out here touting you as the premium experience, then that has to carry over to everything that you do. And again, this wasn't like, and I know they're patching it. I know it's already getting better, and I know that many companies do it. But again, Steele and I give the smoke to everybody who does it, and we yeah. do it on all of our shows. We give the smoke to any game that comes out nowadays broken. We've talked about this conversation, the bigger picture with the industry, whether or not we, you know, devs have used patches as a crutch too much now where they release broken games knowing they can get away with it because it was patched out later, right? We've talked about this time and time again. So this can't be excused. And it's doubly important because, again, Sony and PlayStation, and especially Naughty Dog, and a couple of their other studios promote themselves as the premium experience, as quality, then you've got to carry that over when you go to a new market like PC. And if you aren't ready to get that PC port out yet, no matter what the time frame is, then you got to pull it back and you got to hold it and you got to delay it and you got to make sure that it's as close to your mark that you hit on consoles as it possibly can be. Within reason. Again, no game is going to come out perfect nowadays. This is not going to happen. Right. But there's no way you guys missed that in testing. There's no way you did not see the issues that people were coming up with. Eight crashes in 40 minutes. Like that. There's no way you didn't test that and see the crashing was happening. There's no way you didn't test it and see the graphics loading in the way that they were freaking loading yeah. in. There's no way you missed all that. You saw it and said, nah, we'll, we'll patch it. It's, it's fine. It's just the PC port of a game that we've already sold millions upon millions of. It's fine. We'll just throw it out there. You can't do that if you want to uphold your reputation. Yeah, and, then, and saying, oh, go buy a PlayStation. That's not the solution to right, the right. problem. And then, Greg's, and then Greg's, yeah, and, and like I said, it was a complete <laughs> joke. It was satire. It was what he does. It's something he has been doing for years and years with the PC side of things. So, again, I didn't take him seriously when I saw it. Yeah, but I didn't take it seriously. Again, but... again. Have that joke. You can have that shtick. You can have your little satire, your little skits, but then get serious and hold them accountable because it's the company that you prefer. It's the company that you do talk a lot about. Why do you think it's okay for that company to release something that isn't up to standard? That should never happen. Again, that's why, you know, again, we criticize Xbox, you know, even though people say we shouldn't criticize Xbox and blah, blah, blah. That's why I still will criticize Xbox when they do something like this because it's not right. It isn't. It isn't the what I want to see out of a company that I prefer right now. And that's the other thing too. It's 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 so funny when you can also consider something to be a joke, um, right? But it actually may be based off your truth, how you genuinely feel. And I, again, from what I'm hearing from people, that this is this is something. This is how he truly feels. Yeah. So, like, when Ray Oy brings it up, is it really a joke, though? Yeah. At that point, it's like, 
I guess it's just in the, in, up to the people that are watching, whether you consider it that or not. I'm not sitting here saying that I took it overly serious and I'm mad and I'm upset and I'm going to stand up for all the PC gamers. No, I'm just going to stand up for the smoke that I give for everybody else that does this shit. I'm, I am one of those gamers. I don't label myself in a specific box. Oh, PC gamer, Xbox. I don't like doing that. I'm a gamer at the end of the day. You ask me what I, what I, I'm, I, I play games. I mean, I have a PC because I do more than just play games on. That's not why I have a PC. Like, and it's, it's just weird to be. Why you got a 3080 though? That's not why I got a 3080. <laughs> No. It is. No, it's, it's for not. The games. Come no, on. it's not. Come on. No. You need a 3080 to do anything else. Yeah, I mean for for doing videos, making content and stuff like that too. Sure. Yeah, you you I mean you need that you need yeah, that yeah, horsepower yeah. You, you and just to just stay up to date again. I mean, like I explained before, yeah. I got my my 3080 for quite a steal at the time, yeah. so it's just like one of those things where it's why not and then i'd pro- i'll probably end up using this until the 5000 series comes out or unless another killer deal comes out for a 4080 for an example. But that's just that's how I do it. I'm not I'm not building PCs to play games. I'm building PCs as I use it for to use it for a numerous amount of things. And for those who do use it to play games or whatever the case, it's just gotta have the consistent smoke across the board if you're going to give it out. Right. Um again, you can do whatever you want, but at the end of the day, just kinda you got you you gotta fire on the things that are issues, especially when you are a, a front-facing proponent to the gaming industry currently, right? But that's, but People that's look the content, they're going to find That's it. why I say I'm glad that they keep doing it, because it makes us smaller YouTubers that much more important. Uh, and why more and more people come to our community to watch content and to find content that actually is um, valuable versus this general oh i like gaming and i i read an article here and there and i have a thought and it's not a complete thought but i have a thought and then we're going to do a bunch of this funny entertainment stuff and we know that you love us so we're going to sell you a bunch of shit too on top of it and that's going to be our whole business model which again shout out to them they're making money they're getting paid yeah, I mean, to talk. Yeah. they're getting paid to do their ridiculous and barely barely research topics Right, so they're getting paid to do the bare minimum because people find them entertaining. More power to you, but like I said, keep doing that because that's why you guys get less and less. Um, that's why you guys get less and less respect from the people who do want to hear passionate conversation, that do do want to hear intellectual conversation about the industry, even if it is very opinion based, which is what our content is. It still comes from a place like we are reading stuff. We look up stuff. We try to get to know things that are going on and have a baseline for our conversations versus you guys who just run with the headline, say a couple cute things about it and then move on to the next topic. Right. That's that makes us more valuable. So keep doing it. Keep doing it. Yeah. I mean, continue to be corny, continue to be a goofball, continue to do whatever you want to do. I mean, again, I don't, there's a reason why I started wanting to create content is that's mainly because and I've mentioned this here before and I've thought the poem about this before because I didn't have that representation growing up. Right? right. And I don't, I don't, that's not representation to me as a gamer, right? right, right. On, on any standpoint, uh, whether it's just on a gaming standpoint or if it's on a more so on the ethnic standpoint, 
or a cultural standpoint, I should say. Either way, that's not a representation. I'm, and I'm not the guy that's going to sit here and say, as much as PlayStation hasn't given me a reason to invest, I'm not the one that's going to be like, oh, you PlayStation gamers, we got you. You stupid fucking dumb bitches. Like, why? Why, why take it to that extent, right? There is such a better way to make that joke come across than completely undermining a whole subsect of gamers and i again you're talking to a specific group those people who are the goblins or whichever the case i get it it's just you could have done it better i i I was expecting better but then again wasn't expecting much because i don't pay attention to the man anymore um i do want to bring up this article though um because this article does touch on what we were just discussing about and again i like to lead with actual um, knowledge and information than just going off the off the deep end and being like, yeah, they said these things and you should just believe me. No. So this is coming from IGN.com. Um, IGN. <laughs> this article was written by Ryan Sayed. Um, and this is IGN India, by the way, because for whatever reason, couldn't find an American version of this article. It is also really telling to me and really interesting. But so uh, this article came out earlier in the week um, when they were starting to go, actually on the 30th, so a couple of days ago. Naughty Dog says it would keep making more PC games. Now, this is what I was talking about when they talked about they put their best foot forward, um, all that great. So as The Last of Us Part 1 gets scrutinized by PC players for its various issues, Naughty Dog remains steadfast in its dedication to bring more games to PC. That's another thing that came out this week, that Naughty Dog, um, and people were having this conversation, and Fahim, nobody's mad at IGN. I don't, I don't, I don't know where that where it came from. But um, nobody's. I don't. I just don't follow IGN, and I've never cared for IGN because, again, they're another one of those that don't represent the gaming community in the best light and put information out there like it's factual or fact based. Respect for them. I just don't. I just don't. Over the years, I don't personally have respect for them. But anyway, yeah. um, but this is something else because Naughty Dog came out this week and also made a post that said, "Hey." Um, we're gonna. We are focusing on bringing more games to PC. Some people were like, "Oh yeah, well, there's nothing changing. That still goes in line with, oh, they're gonna do the six months to a year later thing." And if you ask me, I think they're getting people ready for factions because I do believe that factions will be the first game that will be day and date on PC and PlayStation. I think so. If they're wanting to hit the marks that they're looking for, I think this is a perfect way to, to do it. And Fahim, uh, Iron Galaxy, who is the, they worked on it in the yeah, beginning, middle, and then Naughty Dog took over. And then yeah. Iron Galaxy just became a support for Naughty Dog. So but they, they, they have, Sony and Naughty Dog have the ultimate say in the quality. Yes. Yes. There's the no way the they, they just handed it to Iron Galaxy and said, Hey, just give it back to us when you're done so we can ship our best, <laughs> our best performing game. The game are one of the most critically acclaimed games. Yeah. We're just, just give it to who, just give it to them. Man, they'll be all right. <laughs> we're not going to give it to Nixus who's been hitting it out right. home runs for us. We're going to give it to iron galaxy. Who's already hit a miss and we're not going to have overall say no checking. Yeah. With no, with I, I, that doesn't make quite sense to me, but anyway, um, further down the article, Naughty Dog's The Last of Us Part 1 was released on PC on March 28th. However, the highly anticipated game launch disappointed exciting fans as a PC port was marred by many issues. 
even though its release was delayed. How do you delay a game and still have the issues that you have? How do you delay a port and still have the issues that you have? Cyberpunk hmm. did it. Yeah, I mean, they, they did. But <laughs> so, be fair, me and you also yeah, well, you had know, a good time. Yeah. That's, always, that's, always the, that's always the line. <laughs> but I, we have to say yes, that the last-gen versions were god-awful. No, they were. never have been launched. Ever. Except this is, this, is, this is on PC and not uh, the Jaguar course. <laughs> right, right. And, and Cyberpunk on PC actually ran really well. Yeah, it, it did. It did, actually. Yeah. Um, so while the reception towards Naughty Dog's PC port is negative, it has announced The Last of Us won't be the last PC game from the studio. In a blog post, Naughty Dog revealed that it put in a lot of effort to make sure the PC version of the game was as good as the PS5 version. Let me read that for you. Too. Let me read that to you again, because this is why we're having this part of the reason why we're having this conversation and why I wanted to give the righteous smoke to what Greg Miller said and then also to what has happened with uh, this port. Naughty Dog revealed that it put in a lot of effort to make sure the PC version of the game was as good as the PS5 version. Okay. The team also put its focus on creating a seamless experience for both on keyboard and mouse players, those using a DualSense controller. When it comes to PC performance, the studio said a large amount of tuning, tweaking, and even rethinking went into the how the game would utilize G, which is fair. You can also set a baseline and say, hey, you know what? You need to have these things if you're going to run this game. And have a good time. This is what you need. It's right for you to do that, right? You don't have to bring your PC ports and it has to work on a 98, on a 980. You don't have to do that. You can just say, hey, if you don't have a 2070 Super or, or at least... Sorry, you're not going to be able to play this game. That's fair to say, because at the end of the day, you're a game. want to give people the best experience that you give them. At the end of the blog post, the studio announced that it would continue to make PC games alongside its PS5 titles. Alongside. Word. Although this is a good news for fans who love Naughty Dog games, one can only be hopeful that future points, ports don't meet the same fate as The Last of Us Part 1. That being said, that title has been doing well on the PS5, with sales even rising last month. However, if you, if you do want to see how the game performs on capable hardware, RTX 4090 in this case, check out IGN's uh, 29 minutes on, uh, on PC. So, guys, just based off of this information is why I'm saying it's unacceptable. It's also why I am going, why I am standing on the line of, hey, look, man, I can understand your bias. I can understand what you like. I can understand you having an opinion and want to throw some smoke out there. I get it. You like the console war. You like to rile the people up. Look, to each their own, I get it. Your business. But um, are you going to address the problem? And that's what matters to me. Because nobody deserves to have a bad to have a bad game or have a broken game that they put down their money for. And that's my problem. And that's something that we continuously talk about right here on Living Split Screen because we care about the consumer. It's not just me and all oh, what I care about. No. I, I care about the consumer and give, being able to give them the best experience possible, it matters. Um 
Tim the Sorcerer says 20 super, 2070 Super is beyond PS5 and below Series X. Not trolling, but getting Steel's point. Again, they could set that baseline. It didn't have to perform in all the hardware possible. They could say, hey, this is what you need to run it. If you don't have this, don't expect for the game to run that great. That's fair. Didn't do that. You just ran off the name and then went from there. Oh, it's well, it's doing great. Release it. Oh, we can't put more time into it. Release it. This it's something's off about that for me. And it does so like, I don't know. PlayStation's it's it's a it's a shot at PlayStation for me personally. Hazardor says, imagine someone spending a hundred bucks uh for The Last of Us on PC and watches Greg's clip. It's a fair point. I mean, I I get I get where you're coming from. I mean, yeah, they'd be, I mean, they would be turned off. They'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with this dude? But it shouldn't be Greg's clip that kind of is like, you know, but that essentially adds on to the point that I'm making. It's just, it's bad representation for gaming. And that's my main sticking point. But anyway, get off the, uh, the, the good old Greg standpoint. Um, it is interesting to see that Naughty Dog is saying, even in this article, um, that their PC ports are eventually, um, at least from what I gather from from that statement, are seemingly going to come become more in tandem with each other. Uh, so you'll see that six to one year month time span that people were previously expecting get even shorter and shorter. It's kind of like what we've seen with movies, right? Where now, before previously, a movie when you go, went to the movie theater and then it went, when it went to DVD, there was a I, I even remember when it went to VHS. Goodness gracious, um, <laughs> a movie would take like a year or no, like almost two, like seemed like almost two years to get to VHS. I think it was about a year though that they usually had it on VHS. Um, and then with DVDs, it turned into about six months to a year, somewhere in between there. And then now it's more so now three months you're getting on your streaming service almost down to because of COVID and everything on the pandemic that we went through. So now it's almost a month and a half later, you're getting it in Disney plus, you know what I mean? So it's like, things are changing. It's just, uh, so, so. But that's my last bit of thoughts as far as that goes. Um, now they did put out an update that I do want that I did want to bring here because Naughty Dog did continue, come out again and says, "Hey, Naughty Dog knows The Last of Us Part One on PC hasn't delivered quality you expected, and our team is working hard on the issues." Um, this article was by Eurogamer.net, uh, written by Vicky Blake, and just to kind of go through it real quick, uh, Naughty Dog apologized to PC players for the quality level. They're working to address the issues. Studio said that it's a hot fix to address the um to address the issues. And <laughs> The Last of Us Part One finally launched on PC earlier this week after a 25-day delay designed to ensure it would debut in the best shape possible. Despite the delay, PC purchasers on Steam quickly began reporting a host of technical issues, including inconsistent frame rates, regular crashes, Stuttering, long load times, and poor optimization. Soon garnering a port, uh, soon garnering the port a mostly negative rating on Valve's storefront. Uh, they're going to say, We know some of you have not experienced the Naughty Dog quality you expected. Naughty Dog said in a statement, 
posted on the studio's social media channels. Team is working hard to resolve the issues, currently preventing some of you from experiencing the game to ensure it reaches the quality level you expect and deserve. And um, then to go and say the hot drift, hot uh, patch will be going out. We encourage, we also encourage players to ensure you are using the latest NVIDIA, AMD, and Intel graphics drivers. And our team and our dedicated partners at Iron Galaxy will continue to investigate and address the known issues to deliver the great Last of Us Part 1. Expect. Again, glad that they came out and at least are going to address it. I mean, again, what else can you do? You should come out and address it at this point. Uh, but again, I feel like that just doubles down on the uh, the negative connotation that this point. I guess it's some more deep and some deeper. Um, I wanted to say terrifying news, but sadder news in some ways, uh, because it's an event that I personally haven't had a ma- had a chance to get to, and it's been one of those that has been in constant such. Cons- uh, conversation here recently over the years especially over the last couple of years after the pandemic um and that's the conversation of e3 um the reason and i feel like this is going to be a perfect transition especially guests giving smoke um towards one way i think it's a perfect opportunity for us to also give smoke towards e3 for their inability to be able to grow or to adapt to the gaming industry and the reason that I believe, because the news came out that uh, E3 um, for this year is going to be canceled. Uh, so people who've bought tickets are trying to get their money back from that. There are some who aren't able to get their monies back, which is weird. I hope you guys are able to get those funds because that's really messed up if they don't allow that. But again, I know there's probably something in that TOS that where, <laughs> where they're like, hey, you know, if something happens. And we still keep your money. I hope that's not the case, but and some people are mentioning in chat. I know Jeff Keeley was excited for it because there's more eyes that are going to be on his. Um, and he didn't waste no opportunity after the official E3 channel uh, announced that it was canceled to say, "Hey, Summer's Games Fest is still on time." He's the definition of Johnny on the spot. He is. He, he is. Yeah, I mean, again, uh, he's the embodiment of self uh, promotion. Uh, the man never misses uh, a chance ever. Yeah, no, he he's he's business oriented for sure. Um, he is definitely going to be the the snake in the grass, waiting for waiting for the prey. Um, hey, it is what it is. All all power to him. I don't again. I don't favor Keeley in any way, shape, or form. But um, I do have to acknowledge that he at least is trying to do something. He saw the downward turn of E three some years ago. And has just kind of started gearing for that, right? And he's helped it. Yeah, I think, yeah, he definitely has. He's had to. At this point, it has become to a point where Jeff Keighley is more of a recognizable name um, to for most for most people than, I'm not going to say compared to E3, no. but he has done more things in line with what the gamers are looking for than what E3 has done in recent years, right? Uh, and the companies. And the companies, companies too. He's provided the companies yeah. a platform that does not require huge sums of money to that's show the, up and, and, and that's show the thing. off your wares. And uh, yeah, and that's the other thing that too. Alternative. Yes. That's the other thing too, because um, shout out to Asma Gold, um, but because he brought up this point, he was like, you know, uh, it's we're, we live in a different era. The way that E three was done before, and how everything is so digital, and now these publishers, you know, especially after the pandemic, have found other ways to market to their audience. 
And if anything, this exposed the major flaws in E3 and showed the pubs that, hey, we don't need that platform, right? We make the platform, so why not just do our own thing at that point? We'll save money. They're charging us for floor space. They're charging us to be here. We could just do this, and it would, just, it would still have that same impact. And they're not technically wrong. Um, Xbox, um, when Nintendo pulled out, then PlayStation pulled out, Xbox was kind of the only one really holding up that tent pole, along with other second and third party devs that would come in and show off their wares and their games and their excitement and whatnot. But outside of Xbox, there was nothing else there. And the thing that made E3 so exciting before was the breadth of competition that was very present during those shows. The thing that made me want to go to an E3 was for those announcements, was for that, oh, man, did you for that to have that conversation in an open area with hundreds of people? Yo, did you just, did you, you saw what PlayStation did yesterday? What's Xbox going to do today? Oh, what's Nintendo got? Oh, man, who else is going to jump in? What are the second and third party games are going to be here? Wow. There's this. The, the, it's like the little secrets and things and the, the conversations that we're having can't happen anymore because it just wasn't present in E3. And even now, it's not as prevalent because things have kind of changed. Yeah, the competition is still there, but the way that the competition is addressed, it's not like it was back in the day, you know, when playstation the last time that we saw any real speck of competition was when playstation said this is how you share games since then we've gotten nothing other than the little slice they try to make uh, you know about game pass or anything else but even sony's jumped into the into their service bag and they're having games drop in meet your makers a brand new game the second or third party that's dropping day and date in the playstation service it's funny how a company who, who believes in, oh, sales matter, we need to sell our games, to now you're cutting deals to make sure that the games are coming day and day? I thought that was a problem. I thought people weren't making money if you did it that way. But it's okay in this circumstance? It's, it's just, you know, and I, that would have been dope to see, again, even for this type of an announcement, to see at an E3, boom. Hey, Meet Your Maker coming day and date in the service. Hey, what's, what's Xbox got compared to Meet Your Maker? And then Xbox could have figured out a way to, you know, figured out, you know, their marketing team got together and say, hey, this is what we got. Boom, boom, boom. And just hit, hit the not only the consumer over the head, but also the competition and constantly reinvigorating um the player, not only the player base, but the audience, um, making it entertaining. So it's unfortunate that E3 has is, hopefully it's not going the way of the Dodo Bird, but I, I do think that it is at this point. Uh, I do believe that this is the nail in the coffin for E3, unfortunately, because again, these publishers and Microsoft literally has a studio that's across the way. And I just don't see any of these players unless e3 does something drastically different even making it more because i saw um i was listening to destin uh yesterday um when he was talking about it and even he mentioned you know that transition from when they made it more open to the consumers right um instead of just making it more um uh, you have to have a gaming news pass or whatever you have to be a a journalist or something like that you have to have actual credentials to get in 
it took away from the sparkle web made e3 special and e3 never adjusted for that they just kind of left it as is and then you have these you have people who can't do or address the news the way that they used to. now again i could also say well you guys could have also found better way to get the coverage and you're you're supposed to you're called ign you're more recognizable than anybody else i'm pretty sure people at e3 would be willing to pull you know talk to you because you're ign you know versus somebody else um i don't know it's kind of sad because i, I mean i haven't had a chance to go to e3 myself now i know there will be other gaming events uh throughout the years and that's something that i do want i uh, do want to get set up at some point uh, just so we can have that breadth of hundreds of gamers just getting together, us having a good time, going for drinks, maybe having a party, you know, party night where we have that old school land experience, right? Everybody's in a hotel or big, whichever the case, and just having that land party kind of scenario that we used to have everybody in one room playing a certain game and just having fun, talking smack and eating food, grubbing and just having cool, casual conversation. Um, I always thought that experience would be dope. And it's sad that, you know, E3 isn't going to be necessarily that thing anymore. Um, and it's also said that they couldn't re reinvigorate it. For um, it definitely shows a lack of future proofing, uh, shows a lack of foresight. And I don't, I don't, I don't know how they do anything to make it relevant again. Uh, how do you feel about e the news of E3, uh, you know, not having their show this year, but, I can possibly guarantee that it, this may just very well be the complete end of uh, of an era, man. Yeah, it's um, we talked about this last night on Xbox Ultimate a little bit. Um, for me personally, it's sad because I didn't get to go to one. Um, it's something that I would have liked to have experienced. Now, I will say that I would have liked to experience more of the E3 back in the day than I would have the recent ones because that did change. Um, it changed considerably uh, the moment that they started letting the general um, gamers in, right? That's the, the, the show used to be a trade show. This is uh, E3 started out as a place where deals were done. Marketing deals were done. Uh, your brick and mortar stores were there looking at the games and placing orders. Uh, there was games that would show up there that didn't have publishers yet and, and people would come by from all the biggest publishers and try out the game and sign that dev to a deal right there on the spot for that game to publish it. Um, that's how it started out. And then of course they let the, the general population in the gamers in. And obviously that's a good thing because gamers got to have a new Mecca uh, for gaming. Back in the day, we used to have to wait for the magazine. coverage. Yeah. We used to have to wait for all that kind of stuff to come out and hear about all this that went on. Um, but then we got started getting real life experiences from gamers who had gotten to go in and, and check it all out and that kind of stuff. Now, what that did was it caused problems for the journalists. It caused problems for the business deals that were being done there because people had less time because now you got more people showing up, um, taking up, you know, room. You're, you got people taking up time at the gaming booths, all that kind of stuff. So it changed and we heard a lot of negativity around that as well. But I thought that it was a balance to be found within all of that kind of chaos. And I thought that they could have done a better job doing that through the years. And then you roll in technology, getting to where it's at now, 
and then you drop a pandemic bomb on the situation, right? Where all of a sudden companies are forced to look elsewhere outside of E3. And yes, you've got other shows, you've got Gamescom, you've got PAX, you've got all these other places that you go to as well, Tokyo Game Show. But then you get this bomb dropped on everybody and everybody has to go, whoa, 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 what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Well, we're in the digital age. We can produce our own thing. We can do, we can still show the gamers this stuff. We can still get the word out to the public about what we've got going on. Excuse me. And when they did that and they found success in that formula, at least the companies that were ready to do it, then all of a sudden they started questioning, why are we spending hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars to rent space at the LA Convention Center to fly our people out there, man hours being lost, dev time being lost. Why are we doing this? Do we really need this at this space, at, at this moment in time? And I think a lot of companies, and it started even before that, obviously Nintendo had pulled out, started doing their Nintendo Directs, found success. Sony pulled out, started doing their state of plays and their own showcases, found success. But now the rest of the companies, the big ones at least, all sat back and said, well, maybe they had the right idea all along. And E3 didn't have anything to offer in return to say, no, 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 you still need us or you still want to be here. Even now, this year, there was some optimism with ReadPop taking over and ReadPop having great success with Comic-Cons and stuff that they could find that reason to draw people back in to say, no, no, E3, E3 still has a place for all of you. Well, obviously, that just wasn't the case. Uh, even Xbox, again, Phil's on the ESA board, ESA board, has spoken out publicly about his love for E3 and that he still thinks it's important. But at the end of the day, when they started doing numbers, and like you said, Steele, they've got their Microsoft Theater right across the street. What's the point of being there? What's it going to do for you, right? And you could say, well... It's still a mecca for gamers. You're still going to have your community show up and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but Xbox had already started going away from that prior to the pandemic with XO, right? With with FanFest. They had already started developing their own thing. So we don't know if that's going to come back this year. But I'm sure Xbox has plans in the future to do this as a bigger deal, even surrounding the E3 time. And I'm still calling it E3 time. And we had this discussion last night. Matt was like, can we still call it E3? I mean, yeah. If there's not an E3. Again, for for the time being, E3 still gives everybody a general idea of the what year. What we're talking right? about. June, right? Everybody kind of knows when you say E3. So I'm using that as a time reference more than anything. So Xbox will continue to, I believe, to still have their showcase right around E3 time. But they can have their own presence with their community as well and invite people down and have people show up um, through an XO or a fan fest or whatever they want to do. And I said this last night on Xbox Ultimate. I think that Xbox, when they acquire ABK, is going to be so big still that if they decide, and again, this is going to be up to Xbox, it's going to be money, it's going to be time, it's going to be production, it's going to be a lot of different things. Right. But if Xbox themselves were to decide, okay, E3, LA Convention Center, done, right? Dead. Nobody's coming down, that's that's gone. But if they start planning, let's say, a three-day event around the Microsoft Theater with how much content they're going to have to show off, and they have a fan fest or an XO planned for that same time frame where 
the community can show up, the fans can show up and, and engage with Xbox directly at the same time frame as well, you could, at least from my perspective, potentially see a couple years down the road, if they start making this a big deal, where partners start coming in. And Jasper brought up like Paradox, right? Paradox is an extremely close partner. They could start bringing some of their people over and some of their games over to show off alongside XO. And now all of a sudden, you do have a bigger event. You could have a Ubisoft ride on the uh, coattails of an Xbox and say, hey, we want to take, you guys are doing your shows uh, these three days. The fourth day, we want to come in and we want to have the theater and we want to have people come down and we want to have this. All of a sudden, you could have a smaller version of E3 begin to develop. Now, am I saying that's going to happen? No, I'm not saying that's going to happen because, again, it would be up to Xbox. It would be up to Microsoft how much they want to put into this. But I think that you could potentially see an alternative to E3 kind of develop from Xbox themselves because, again, if and when they acquire ABK, they're going to be gigantic, man. Yeah. They're, they're going to, the shows, like, again, they're going to own BlizzCon. They're going to own the NMLG. Got to do something. Right? They're going to own the MLG. They already have QuakeCon. Like, they got all these other things going on. But what I'm saying is they're going to have so much content that they're going to fill up two, three days themselves if they really want to stretch it out. They could have a ZeniMax day. They could have an Xbox Game Studios day. And they could have an ABK day. They legitimately could with all of that. Yep. And then, like, I, like you know, Jasper brought up specifically MLG. When do you run a Call of Duty tournament at the same time? If you're going to rebuild be, MLG, no. run run Call of Duty, run a Halo tournament at the same time, right? Have have people come in and, you know, have another venue where you're running this gaming tournament at the same time underneath the MLG flag. Yeah. Bro, you got yourself kind of a mini E3 happening. And yeah. I, I think that that could be something that this turns into eventually that this, because I know Phil does appreciate it. And again, we don't know how much longer Phil's going to be around, but Phil specifically does have an appreciation. Aaron Greenberg, obviously most of the Xbox upper uh, management has an appreciation for what E3 did, what it means to the community. Obviously Xbox being the most front facing company uh, as far as their community goes, as their fans go out there this could be something they develop down the road so i you know it's sad for me because i would have loved to gone to e3 at some point meet up with everybody i think we are going to have opportunities elsewhere i think some of the other shows out there we you know there's packs that happen you know i think there's two or three packs that happen uh there's games coming over in germany which has been getting bigger and bigger every year which i've seen to find a balance there's going to be opportunities for these smaller um shows to start growing out a little bit as this industry continues to grow because again as strauss said 20 more years of growth at least they're they're, we're not shrinking here just because e3 is dead these other places could start to grow even bigger and become more important themselves if they find that correct balance between you know the general populace the the gamers the fans coming in and still getting deals done devs still getting you know, handshakes in with the important people, the industry, all that stuff that happens at these trade shows. I think you could see that transition. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that there's room for that. I mean, Iron Lords just went out to PAX East. Look at what the Iron Lords did at PAX East. Bunch of content. Themselves yeah. bringing, again, much respect to everybody over there. Lordsgaming.net, PAX, all the Iron Lords who showed up out there doing interviews, writing articles straight from the show, all this kind of stuff. 
that's where we come in again as the smaller YouTubers, as the smaller content creators. And again, I say smaller when I'm talking about talking outside the IGNs and all that kind of stuff, right. mainstream stuff. That's when these shows can become even more valuable to those of us that want to do this as well. I think that's where it goes from now on. So it is a sad day because I think E3 was the mecca for gaming. I'm going to miss it most importantly, and I bring this up every time. And I know it's the debate from some people whether or not they liked it. I liked all the information being condensed basically in a week's deal. Yeah. I liked all the news happening. Yeah, we, we always it's had other point. stuff come up and we had other things, you know, information come out afterwards. But within that week, the world of gamers, and it was worldwide, all eyes were on what was happening. Whether you were there in person or whether you were just checking out the news online, all eyes were on one spot for gaming. And news was popping daily. Oh, this new game just got shown up by Ubisoft. Oh, this new game just got shown up by Nintendo back in the day when they were there. Oh, this new, look at what Xbox just dropped today. EA, you know, look at these indie games that we just saw here. This is incredible. Oh my God, you guys going to keep your eyes on this, right? Oh, we heard this deal's going down. That's what I'm going to miss is that all that information was condensed in a week. Now, we're still going to wind up with the same type of information, but it's going to be spread out like it has been for the past couple years over months, right? As companies do their own thing. Now, we know Ubisoft is going to be there the next, they're going to do something the following day at June 12th after Xbox, but it's still not the same. And it's not going to be the same from that standpoint. And that's what I'm really going to miss outside of the chance to go there, meet up with everybody, go experience that kind of show is the news being condensed in this one kind of form uh, or in this one time frame where everybody was watching everybody. I mean, back in the day, I mean, I was waiting for magazines to drop. Then when, when, you know, when internet came around, then sites like, you know, uh, like uh, N4G, you know, one of the first aggregate sites for gaming that I ever found would have all their articles from all the different companies going up and talking about what was happening at E3. Like, that's the stuff that I'm going to miss. Um, so, um, sad day, Steel. I think it is dead. I don't think that E3 will ever reappear unless there's a seismic shift. Unless the three major players at some point even 10 years from now, Nintendo, Sony, and Xbox get back together and actually put all their differences aside and sit down and say, we want E3 back for the gamers, so we're all going to return. Then you would see the other publishers return. Then you would see everybody return. That's the only way I think E3 comes back. Otherwise, I think it's, it, it, this is its last gasp, which is sad because they didn't even have a show. Right, you'd love to see one last E3 and then right. then call it right. You don't yeah. want to go out this way with a with a whimper. You don't want to go out this way with just an announcement online E3 canceled and never see never see or hear from it again. Like that's not what you want. So it is a sad day. Yeah, and they they do. There is an entire article that talks about um, where GamesIndustry.biz um goes into why e323 was canceled and they're talking to the esa uh where they say and this is <laughs> by the way this is done by christopher Dring, um where the esa executive director Dring. talks about the future of the show saying we remain committed to providing a platform for industry marketing and this is actually a very long article um where they go into different parts of the topic i might go 
let's do this. Uh, I'll pull it. I'll try to scroll through a little bit and pull in some things because um, there are some interesting pieces from here. Um, but there's a lot of discussion that's had in this. So let me see if I can get that really quickly. And shout out to everybody in chat. Guys, getting it in, having those conversations in there. Blue Moon saying, we got to get Steel on ILP so he can be knighted. Oh, whenever that time comes, it comes. I'm not going to sit here and be like, I'm not beating down on nobody's door again. Um, everything. You'll know where I do that. It's one of our things. Every, everything happens when it needs. But, but, but with a wink. <laughs> Cog, 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 Cog's been in the background. Hey, hey no, no. no hey. As long as you guys are paying attention to the content, that's more more so that I care about that you actually appreciate that you guys like what's going on here. You like the banter, you like the conversations, like the uh, standpoints we come from. Go from there. Yeah, um, Nick, and, and it is business at the end. Yeah, of the day. online is just so much cheaper. Like I said in the beginning, it, it just it's where we are technology wise that makes this possible. That killed off E three at the end of the day. It's yeah, fun. it's bottom line. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Um, so they go on, uh, so the gamesindustry.biz asks, what went wrong? SPL says, as the voice and advocate for the video game industry here in the U.S., we believe that one of the ESA's core roles include convening the industry as well as finding the best ways to highlight the incredible work being done across the industry, both within companies and by their incredible workforce. At ESA, the role of converner, uh, convener, an advocate happens every day. Whether we're aligning members on policy issues or advocating for the industry with government officials, this doesn't address anything that went wrong. You know? And this is a lot of what's, what's happening in this article. But I'll, I'll skip down here a little bit. So it goes on. So when we decided to bring back E3 in person for 2023, we knew that it would have to reflect those changing needs. That's what made working with Repop an ideal, ideal situation, which a lot of us were hyped for. They have a history and track record in operating successful industry and consumer events, including PAX, Comic-Con, EGX, others. We were off to a strong start. Then there was interest among exhibitors, industry players, media, and certainly the fans. Ultimately, however, there were challenges that proved too large to surmount. And those challenges were getting our key players they invested. You're muted, Paul. Oh, I muted myself instead of making myself green. Mute. I said money at the end of the yeah, day. Money, the yeah. bills were still too big, what they were going to have to charge. Again, let's be real. L.A. is one of the most expensive cities Fucking in the world. <laughs> I mean, honestly, Yeah, no, that's like, right. You know, so it's, that's what happens, right? Um, they go, do, do you get the feeling that your members don't want this event anymore? We have always engaged our members on strategic decisions, including those involving E3, to ensure that we take their priorities into account when planning any events or programs. We certainly did that here. We retained the services of Repop, knowing that about their track record and history in conducting very positive events, but also in collaborating with our members and ensuring that there was an onboarding so that Repop understood the needs of members and make sure those connections were made before handing over the day-to-day operation. We did our best to reshape that, but in the end, companies make individual and marketing decisions about what works. It's an evolving landscape and we want to ensure we're meeting those needs. I think that's a very important piece of that companies make individual <laughs> and marketing decisions about what works what do you guys think they're talking about and nicks yeah exactly there's a lot of filler in these statements um 
and again, running a business, you have to. You can't just come out and say, "Well, Microsoft, Nintendo, and PlayStation backed out, so we really don't have any. We don't have any content. Like we don't know what else to do. There's nobody else that we can talk to. Nobody else wants to spend money with us because they know that they can market their things digitally and do it in other ways. They don't have to pay us to do it. And we haven't found a way yet. Instead of just saying we haven't found a way yet to make it viable for all of our partners you got to add the fluff in there we want to make sure we are doing what we are doing is providing a platform that works for the needs of the industry are you though i don't know seems like there, there's been a lot of lack of being able to adjust to what the industry's needed because um kind of been going downhill over the last decade 10 years at least where it just hasn't been consistent. Um, outside of like, you know, you, you have your Integra moments uh, between Xbox and PlayStation back. Um, they are, then the, the next question, I found during the whole E3 2023 campaign at times, there was a level of animosity towards the event. Why is that? Uh, they go on to say, I don't see it exactly that same way, but it's interesting to hear that perspective that you have. E3 represents many things for many people. And I think it's a legacy always being written means something for people in a nostalgic way and then it represents the future for others in other ways we want to make sure that it's an opportunity and platform to showcase what's best about our industry but also allow and enable the great convening that happens in e3 again this just reads money <laughs> we didn't have the money to do it so guess what we, we weren't able to get it done um, now I can continue to go on. Now this gamesindustry.biz article I am going to have down in the um in the information below. So if you guys want to kind of follow up, read through. Um it's just a lot of them going back and forth, a lot of fluff pieces about how they felt uh about going into E3 this year, why it didn't quite work in their perspective. And a lot of it is exactly what we've mentioned here. Uh they just they hadn't found a way yet to make it feasible for everybody that's involved and you can't force people to be involved you can't ask for a certain budget from these people and if it doesn't make sense for them to for them still to treat the event like normal that just doesn't make business sense um i will address this final question here before i kind of move on from it the the this very last question does e3 need the big platform holders nintendo sony and xbox have any chance of success reason i want to lead off with this is because this part in itself is such a fluff piece that it's fucking hilarious to me e3 will iterate to ensure it's meeting the needs of companies that want to market on this global platform that means it will iterate and how people engage with e3 we want to meet the needs of players who view this as an important platform and that's going to evolve over time what does that tell you paul when somebody asks you, does E3 need the big platform, Nintendo, Sony, and Xbox yep. to have success? Yep. And then they give you this answer. Mm-hmm. Says we do, we just don't want to say it. Oh, oh. <laughs> <sighs> it's unfortunate, man. I mean, so there's so many different ways that they could have went about this. Again, I know Phil was actually on the board for the ESA too. So there had to have been something else there where he didn't even see being on the board 
because uh, I mean they go back and forth talking about oh we got to do what makes sense for our board and all these other great things and it's like well I mean you have one of your main players on the board and even they pulled out yeah. so there has to be something else there for why why they couldn't come to a decision and um, continue to do it interesting man I mean, it's unfortunate in a lot of ways again people a lot of people use it to get together and have that have that fun. I mean, again, if you're actual friends with these people, I'd imagine that you'd find other ways to meet up if you really wanted to. Um, but it is a way for a mass audience or for a mass amount of people that you've never met before to get together and just have a good time. It's unfortunate, but it is what it is. Things do move on and business is business. All right. So another thing, as we mentioned, business is business. Apparently, Xbox has a Square Enix problem. Embarrassing. An embarrassing Square Enix problem. According to uh, VG247, which is where I'm going to be pulling this article from, um, this article was written by Alex Donaldson. This is going to be another interesting and fun article, I believe, just because a little bit of background about Square Enix, right? And there is a reason why I use the more... um, a more African-styled Final Fantasy 16 uh, aesthetic picture for the um, for the picture uh, for the thumbnail uh, for our show today, and it seems like Square Enix just likes to constantly shoot themselves in the foot. On one hand, they say that hey, our games aren't selling enough. Um, they close down their entire Western division, basically, or sell them off. I should say, not close them down. They sell them off. Their Western-style games, they tend to say, don't sell really well or don't have an audience. But they continue to, and again, yeah, no Octopath Traveler, although first game was in Game Pass, but no second game? Hmm. They say that they're not making enough money off of these style of games or off of these different games. But then also... Keeping content exclusive or not purposely, and again, it could be because of deals in the background, contractual agreements, and that's great and all. But you can't in that same breath, like, are you complaining about your deal or are you complaining about nothing? Because there has to be some breadth of truth here. Because if, you, if you're complaining about your deal, then it makes sense that why you're why you're you're sad about the money that you're making, because your deal is not intuitive for what you're looking for. You're not going to see that return because you're not getting it to the audiences that you need to get it to. And I know people like to constantly push this as a oh well, PlayStation is going to take more time to put it on the Xbox. Okay, if it can run on a PlayStation, it can run on an Xbox, especially in this day and day. This isn't 10 years ago. This is not the Jaguar cores. The consoles are, puck, are pretty much goddamn the same. The main thing that you would have to change is the button prompts. So if you want it to work on one side, you can get it to work on the other side. But if one side is paying you to make sure that you don't put the game elsewhere, that sounds like a personal problem, not a, oh, we're not selling enough games problem. at least for your Western audience, at least for the other platform, as far as Xbox goes. 
Now, again, there are always, you can do whatever you want to do. That's going to make sense to you. But I hear a lot of contradictory statements coming from Square Enix. And for somebody that seems like they're in dire straits, or a company that seems like they're having a tough time, why would you continue to do the deals that you have done if it's not working for you? I'm trying to figure out in what reality does this make sense? Why? Oh, and PM, the first thing I hear people say, well, exclusive. So, you know, Square Enix has always worked with Sony, and that's why. Your people just aren't buying their, your Xbox gamers just aren't buying their games, so it's pointless for them to put the game there. Is that really the case? I have yet to find actual factual information to say that you bringing the game to more platforms is actually a negative thing. I haven't found it. If you guys can point me in that direction, let me know. But I think that would be an instant fix. But nonetheless, so Xbox has an embarrassing Square Enix problem. And it's not just the one publisher either. There's still a big issue Xbox needs to address. Activision, Blizzard, take over or not. I don't know what this had to do with the conversation that they're trying to bring here, but nonetheless. I'm going to go ahead and bring this up here. It makes sense. Xbox, to hear Microsoft tell it, is losing. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm, if on the audio side of things, I'm looking around because um, to say that Xbox, to hear Microsoft tell it, is losing. Mm-hmm. I, got, I got to look around again because I thought that was like globally known. <laughs> Not just, oh, let, let, let's listen to Xbox tell it. Oh, listen, listen to Jimmy tell it. He, so Billy took the cake. What? <laughs> okay. Um, whatever. This has been the crux of its argument to persuade, persuade the world's regulatory bodies to approve acquisition of Activision Blizzard. I mean, it was a point that they brought up, but I don't think it was their main point. I think their main point was this doesn't hurt competition. But maybe I'm wrong in that. So, um, their Activision of Activision Blizzard was something which would bring games like Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, and perhaps most importantly, uh, King's suite of mobile games, including Candy Crush, under the Xbox banner. It's a huge acquisition, which is why it's garnered so much attention. But Xbox's argument is clear. We're just a whittle guy. We need this. Sony is miles ahead. It, 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 it literally is Gene, always little Timmy and Billy. Uh, again, I can't come up with any other names in the moment, so it is what it is. Um, but even the fact that VG247, this article written by Alex Donaldson, even puts this in there. And again, I heard this conversation made last night also, where people were like, you, you all these gamers are treating Xbox like the underdog, and, X, and Microsoft is one of the most globally recognized brands across the world. You guys forget about Windows? Again, for on the audio side, I got to look around because that's not the conversation we're having. And Xbox is the little guy in gaming. Nintendo and Sony are both ahead of Microsoft in gaming. And if you want to throw 10 cents mobile, 
Actually, revenue. Apple <laughs> is even ahead of Microsoft in gaming. In revenue. Revenue-wise, okay. at least. Which matters, because, I mean, at the end of the day, those are the numbers they look at. So, I understand that, oh, we want to bring up what Microsoft did in the past and making Windows the most viable platform and monopolizing and being people, again, going like, oh, well, Microsoft has been proven guilty. Tencent hasn't. Why not just give Activision to Tencent? They haven't been guilty of anything. Pong. Tencent has not been guilty of anything. They could have bought Activision Blizzard. Consoli- oh, consolidation is just bad. Yeah, yeah. These are these are all multiple conversations at the same time, right? This is all point by point. People try to flood an argument with a bunch of different uh, angles and just confuse whoever's trying to have the actual discussion. You have to have each one of those in separate because, yes, Tencent is guilty by association by being a part of the Chinese government. Whether you like it or not, whether you want to acknowledge it or not, they are now officially, even if before we all knew it was unofficial, uh, they are now officially a part of the Chinese government. So yes, they are guilty by association, 100,000%. Because we don't want that. We've seen what's going on with TikTok, okay? So we don't want that in the gaming industry. At least I don't. I, I won't speak for everybody. Maybe there's some people out there that I, I want 10 cents. I, I personally... Tencent can buy these little pieces of companies all the way. But yeah, this is all just to confuse the discussion. If you just want to have a discussion about straight up revenue, about where uh, Xbox is, you have to look at Xbox by themselves because they are a separate entity with underneath Microsoft Corporation. Now, again, does Microsoft Corporation give them advantages? Of course. Mm -hmm. But Xbox themselves as a division in the gaming space is smaller than a lot of places, a lot of other companies. So yeah, mm. they are. They are in a lot of ways. It, the the underdog. They have advantages, but they are the underdog. Not allowed to say that though. Yeah, no, yeah you can't I, say that. You're going to say, and so it is in most territories. So we're already contradicting ourselves early on. Got hmm. journalism. It's not a mischaracterization, mischaracterization of the situation, although you kind of made it by putting in italics. We're just a widow guy. We need this. Sony is miles ahead. You're basically saying it's a mischaracterization. Okay, but then say it's not. Okay. But one element of the Activision Blizzard acquisition that has always baffled me is the optics of what Xbox gains. Which of Xbox's problems does it solve? Where are we living under a rock pong? Can do I need to do I need to get in contact with Marnie McFly? Do I need a DeLorean? Yeah, probably. Because I'm I'm confused. Which of Xbox's problems does it solve? I don't know. The same problem that they had before 2017. Where they only had five studios making the same fucking three games and working their ass off to try to get second and third party deals on their platform. It's the same fucking problem. It's the same problem now because none of those games have come out because all, apparently, all those games were in development in 2016-17, so now we have to wait five, six years for the game to come out because games take time to make. Well, fuck, Xbox. You fucked up. But they addressed it. And they're continuously addressing it. 
and and Nick's the the Tencent hostility is because we're talking specifically about the games industry. And I've talked about the Saudi Arabia money coming in, right, to Embracer Group. I don't want foreign governments having investments within the gaming industry. And yes, you're absolutely correct. And we could talk about the American companies that don't act with integrity. We could talk about the American companies that do things that are wrong. In fact, you know, we do from time to time. Apple, yeah, people talk about Microsoft all the fucking time. Yeah, Apple, Apple too. Microsoft, all of them have skeletons buried everywhere because it's business but we're specifically talking about the games industry and if you look at the chinese government that is the last country and government i want involved and right that beside that is the saudi arabia government for all their skeletons as well that's just me personally that's my opinion but a lot of people carry that and it's direct and it's very easy to see but again if you want to get into other industries Hell yeah, everybody. Again, want to talk about governments? Every government's guilty. Yeah, thousand <laughs> percent. Every every government's guilty for the most part. I mean, so, I'd like yeah. to think that our government is better nope. than some other governments. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes I like to think yeah. that. But you know, there's depends a, what there's depends a, what you're gonna measure them. By. Yeah, I mean, so, sh- sure, we're the home of the free yeah. and the brave, but goddamn, are we really free sometimes? I don't, I don't fucking know. And what we've done to other countries is <laughs> oh, not okay. Yeah. Let's, so, let's anyway, talk about that's, that. <laughs> that's a whole different podcast. We're not going to go down that path. We're talking about video games. But yes. yeah, no, that's that's why I'm so against him. So, anyways, anyways, go ahead. And again, I mean, in the country that you live in, you don't want another country that, to have direct access to all of your private information, which has been proven they do have access to, which is right. why the TikTok conversation is coming up in is becoming a thing now, right? Where it's just like, well, honestly, it's more so because the government wants to be able to have control of that information versus China, which is, at the end of the day, it's still an information war. So, <laughs> I mean, and, if it's better back, for us to have back, it or them. Uh, and back, you're right. Yes, fresh bodies. Fresh corpses, not skeletons per se. Yes, there you go. There yes, you go. Yes. Um, but anyway. Yeah, anyone with sense knows knows the issue with these governments. Yeah, oh, oh yeah. Um, in America, we're constantly being a uh, we're constantly being put down, and it's only getting worse. And they're actually trying to anyway. They keep different kind of thing. Um. So anyway, they go they go on to say, yeah, Call of Duty is massive and will be a huge game, but it's not like Xbox doesn't have access to IPs and have games in development that could shake up the shooter world. I mean, but didn't PlayStation say that literally nothing can compare to Call of Duty? And Halo has never been a Call of Duty killer because Halo's only available on one platform. So, I mean, just like Sony could create something to compete with Call of Duty, um, why would we... Yeah, they have they have IPs and games of development that can shake up the shooter world, but do we not understand why this is such a why this is a benefit to Xbox overall or to the market share or to the games that could be possibly come out of this? To StarCraft possibly being able to be put back on a mainstream IP coming from Activision Blizzard? Or just coming from Blizzard by itself that we don't see anymore? 
Let's see. Warcraft is likewise a huge tentpole, but Microsoft already has both an MMO and an RTS in Elder Scrolls Online and Age of Empires. Mm-hmm. Can only have one, Steel. Don't need more. So Elder Scrolls Online is just the, that's the definitive of one, and they, and they actually just recently, recently more so acquired that. Right? They just need one, Steel. That's all. They only need. one. That's all. That's all we only ever one. need. Yeah, just one. Okay. So don't, we're not going to go into the East, maybe get a BDO on our platform to get it in Gay Pass for a guy like Steel Rain to have played it. Um, no matter. Who, who played it on PC and put it down so he could purposely nope. play it on console. We don't need to give those options. Right? No, Steel. Oh, okay. Only one. Only one. Oh, you're allowed. Nick says, I don't get if someone games on one console, but it's limited with its game releases. Getting what you invested in. Hmm? I mean, that's fair. Also, but also times have changed. And also, Xbox has told its alts, has told its gamers and the audience they don't believe that anymore. That's the way that we have to go about things anymore. Now, whether it's truth or not, I don't know. I can tell you from my perspective, because of Game Pass, I have played more games than I've would have previously. So something's working. I don't know. These don't fill a gap. Okay. And they go on to say, I guess Crash and Spyro do fill a niche before you say it. Yes, they are most recognizable than Banjo. Well, that's true. So that makes a bit of sense. So too does King. Xbox is weak in mobile and King feels like the most important piece of this puzzle, even though the regulatory fight is over Call of Duty. I'm glad that we're able to, you know, come to realization of this. Well, not anymore now. I mean, not Call of Duty. Now it's cloud. Now so. it's cloud. Yeah, they changed the whole thing. Uh, still, Ray, my buddy Carlo wants payback on Forza. <laughs> hey, man. Shout out to Kay Asante jumping in here. UK lad. I see y'all jumping in here. MG. We can, we can, hey, uh, like, like I always say, you guys see me online. When you want to race it up, I'm always down. I love, I love getting some co op races in in Forza. Um, it's always a fun time getting it in. And again, I'm not, it's not like I'm purposely trying to beat anybody. I just, um anyway but none of this addresses what i think is the largest gap in xbox's core gaming offering it's a question of and a problem with japan and nowhere is it better exemplified than in square enix no square enix's problem is square enix not xbox xbox's problem isn't square enix it's square enix um they're their own problem causing an issue Square Enix has just announced that Live Alive, the previously Switch-exclusive remake of a Stone Cold 16-bit classic, coming to other consoles. What's it coming to? PlayStation 4, 5, and Steam? That's it. Sorry, Xbox owners. This is a pattern, depending on how you want to count it. Square Enix has almost, has almost or well in excess of 10 announced releases for this year. Now, one of them has or is set to be published on Xbox. For Spoken was a PlayStation 5 exclusive. Also on PC, although you could play it on the Xbox Marketplace and get achievements for it. Shout out to, shout out to the uh, Lord Master Jasper, who we did that. The same is true for Final Fantasy 16, which is why its producer keeps jokingly referring to the power of the PlayStation when presenting it. Um, you know, the producer also said that in, its, in his fantasy world, uh, you can't have people of color. I mean, take that how you want. I don't, it just makes it kind of difficult to believe the things that he's saying. Again, you create whatever world that you want to create, but 
saying that the time period that you set it up for couldn't have that, but in Final Fantasy 14, you literally have rep- you have representation or the ability to have that representation. How does that make sense? Or when you do a cultural appropriation, which is one of the main reasons why I did change Barrett to Master Chief, because it wasn't as cringy then, when you purposely make a black character in a Final Fantasy VII remake and Barrett as corny as you could possibly make them, or fit an X amount of stereotypes, to me, I don't know, it just comes across weird. But nonetheless, Final Fantasy remake, I still thought it was a solid. I just, I like Barrett better as Master Chief. It was funny. I liked it. Anyway, I think I might do the same thing with Final Fantasy. Whenever it comes to PC. I don't know yet. I haven't decided. Because it does look good, but I don't know. Sometimes looks isn't everything. Um, but then it gets weird. Theater Rhythm, the final uh, bar line, a relatively low-impact rhythm game, was only on PlayStation and Switch. Theater Rhythm will likely come to PC later. I'd happily bet that Square Enix was worried about piracy and mining of a rhythm game when there's DLC still to land and so push PC out. Okay. But it probably won't come to Xbox. The most bizarre example, which is I agree a thousand percent, is Octopath Traveler 2. Of course, it was on everything. PC, Switch, PS4, 5, Xbox, but no Xbox this time. This is even more bizarre because the first Octopath Traveler was on Xbox, but not PlayStation. I feel like I'm about to go cross-eyed. Pong, I mean, just based off of Octopath Traveler, for a game that the exact reverse situation happened, which I still don't get, and why I guess Xbox probably cut a deal to make sure that it didn't go on PlayStation. Again, I don't agree with that either, because that just doesn't make sense. But then you can't have a, how does Square Enix let that previous deal happen? But then for Octopath Traveler 2, it's the complete opposite now. Is this get back for Sony? They ask money. They asked for more money than Phil was willing to give them. Period, point blank. Fair. I, I, that, that's my guess, fair. obviously. I mean, it's, I mean, it's fair. That they, they wanted the bag. They take the bag from whoever's willing to give it to them. They cut a deal. They give preferential treatment to Sony. They give preferential t- treatment to Nintendo, being Japanese companies, being highly successful in the East companies with huge fan bases. They cut them breaks, right? They get, they get the home team advantage deal right with when it comes to xbox you know they're asking for max you know they're they're going up and beyond and saying oh you want our game on your system yeah you're gonna have to pay us big and phil probably after the octopath one traveler deal they probably looked at the metrics they probably looked at the engagement even though yeah, probably wasn't, huh? said that they had seen uh really good results from that deal maybe on microsoft side when they came to them and said, hey, we're enough. making Octopath Traveler 2. This is how much it's going to cost you. Phil looked at the numbers and said, nah, not in the budget. We ain't doing it. Yeah, Again, that's my guess. That's just my guess. I apologize didn't cause enough engagement, man. And right. I, I know a lot of people who, I, who really loved that game and thought it was great. And again, those who are still in love with that sprite style uh, kind of character design and um, just world Fantastic. and everything. I mean, it was Fantastic. a beautiful looking game. I'm not going to lie, even for that art style. But it's just... There's certain, it's just certain things that just don't make sense. When you have games that are underperforming, 
And obviously, it, it couldn't have done the greatest, although Square Enix, again, it's another contradictory situation. So did it do good enough or did it not? Because if you're saying that it did good, then why isn't it on Xbox again? If it is because Xbox wasn't willing to cut a bag, um, or if Xbox said, well, if it's not going to be in Game Pass, we don't want it, right. then that is an issue that has to be addressed through Xbox. Hey, Xbox, if you're trying to grow an audience... I mean, goddamn! I mean, you got to pay a little bit of a something of a of a fee or they're, whatever they're going to, get to that they're here. They're going to address this. Dude. I, I hope so. I'm, I'm letting so you get through weird. the article here, but they're going to address this. That's why I want more of these articles. So keep yeah. Going. Okay. Because um, <laughs> yeah, I, I do want to pass. Uh, I am going to pass it off to you for sure. Um, and he said, this ain't new either. Star Ocean, The Divine Voice, and D.O.P.O. Chronicle, Stranger of Paradise, Chrono Cross, and the Crisis Core Reunion all came to Xbox last year. The list of things that hit almost everything else but skipped Xbox is far longer. Discounting true exclusive, last year Xbox missed out. Romancing Saga, Tactus Ogre Reborn, Valkyrie Elysium, Voice of Cards, The Sentinel Case, and even Bloody Babylon's Fall, which um, I'm pretty sure Xbox is glad that they didn't do anything for that. Um, quite a few of these games struggle despite being brilliant. I don't know if Babylon's Fall was being was brilliant when there's only two people playing the game. No, uh, I mean I don't think that speaks to brilliance. Um, but again, two. Well, one would think that being on more platforms would have helped. Many future games are slated not to not come to Xbox too, including all six of the Final Fantasy Pixel remasters. Okay, which again, it's, it's, this isn't adding up to making sense to none of the things that Square Enix has said up to this point. To do, again, you say, people say, it's, oh, it's for business. Oh, it's Sony and Square Enix. It's just business. But then they cut deals with, my, with Xbox, and they don't cut deals. And they do things that are very one-sided, but then complain about, oh, our sales are very lackluster. Basically, if you're interested in a certain type of game out of Japan and have an Xbox, you're probably shit out of luck. I thought that was very interesting when I, wrote, when I read this article the first time that they said it like that. I was like, wow, journalism, huh? Well, how great. Huh. It's not just Square Enix, to be clear. Smaller brands like Nippon Ichi also continue to largely skip Xbox. Yep. In the best case scenario, it's a coin flip. Square Enix's random scattershop approach which releases on Xbox, Octop Octopath 1, but not its sequel, Crisis Core, but not Final, C Final Fantasy 7 Remake, which is very fucking weird. Although Final Fantasy 7 Remake actually had a sticker on the hard copy of the game that told you what its exclusivity timeline was. Mm -hmm. Simply exemplifies it. Plus, Square Enix is Japan's most prolific third-party publisher sure if you want japanese games capcom has you covered a capcom arsenal aren't making these sorts these sorts of games generally visual novels capcom are making general visual novels that's what they're making generally is that, is that what they're doing it says Only sure as a visual novel if you want japanese games capcom has you covered a capcom also aren't making these same sorts of games Generally, visual novels. Where's the ace new? Uh, where's a new Ace Attorney? You cowards. Okay. So you picked one franchise out of all of Capcoms and said that they generally make visual novels. Doesn't Capcom have a lot of IP, Paul? Yeah. That have actually, I would argue that Capcom is probably a more uh, successful publisher than Square Enix is. 
Resident Evil is a visual novel. That means okay. all PlayStation does is make visual novels. Oh, wow. <laughs> I think we're getting to the bottom of it. Okay. okay. Now, they want to give a specific example, and I'm going to pass it off to you. They say, let me give a specific example. A couple of years ago, Xbox threw a bunch of money at Square Enix to bring selection of its game to Xbox and Game Pass. We got a buffet of Final Fantasy titles in Game Pass across a couple of years, and also Dragon Quest XI and Octopath Traveler. Before that, Xbox had made strong overtures to secure Final Fantasy XV and Kingdom Hearts III, which, let me tell you, guys, Final Fantasy XV, the Final Fantasy player base didn't like. Y'all hated it. It was more removed from the traditional Final Fantasy that you guys like. You know who liked it, though? I did. It reached a new audience. Even though I've traditionally, I've liked Final Fantasy, but again, like I mentioned here all the time, I'm not the turn-based guy anymore. I like the action-oriented combat. And now Final Fantasy 16 is releasing, and everybody is hyping up a game that is using similar mechanics and systems that Final Fantasy 15 had. It's the setting. There is, no, and it does look much better than Final It's at least four times a better looking game than Final Fantasy XV. It's fantasy setting. It also, Final Fantasy XV came out some time ago, right? Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that sixteen would be a step forward. It's also being made by the main Final Fantasy team. 18. Yep. Where fifteen wasn't. But my point in this it is still action-oriented combat that people said they don't like Idle Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. But now we're hyped for it. Sure. Oh, you saw a dog. You saw a doggo, and now you're excited. Oh, you can pet the dog. Oh, man, it's the greatest game ever. Oh, I can turn. Other, we can turn into games, the gods now. Oh, I can be games, Ifrit now. Other games have changed that perspective a lot still as far as the action goes, right? Near Automata's. Um, those types of games have changed people's perspective on what Final Fantasy can include. And I think 15 came out at a weird time uh, with a weird premise. And I think that's why it got rejected um, at that time. But I think now, like you said, people are more excited for the action-based uh, combat than previous uh, previously were. Yes. I, 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 not, a I do audience agree. For that now. And I, I definitely, I definitely do agree with that. So I th- again, times are different. People have been b- become more accepting and more open to the idea. And Final Fantasy 16 does look like a beautiful game. And I mm-hmm. do like the combat mechanics and everything that they're putting forward. But it's just it, it, it's it's gonna it's gonna be really interesting to see how the nonetheless. Anyway, sorry, that was a slight side chance coming off of 50. Um, but a few years later, Xbox is out of the uh, wilderness for Square Enix games again. Anyone made a new Final Fantasy, uh, anyone made a new Final Fantasy fan by Game Pass now has to go to Steam. That was really weird phrased. Really weirdly phrased, excuse me. PlayStation or Switch to play more titles. Dragon Quest Twelve and Kingdom Hearts Four even be on Xbox. Neither has platforms announced, but absurdly it feels unlike. All right, so that's enough of that. Again, if you want more from this article to dive a little bit deeper, um, I did read the majority of it, uh, the biggest parts of it that I felt were important. Um, 
Um, the article itself will be in the description below if you want to check it out. Again, I I try to do a little. I'm trying to do a little bit better about sources and whatnot. Um, mainly because again, you people want to know where you're getting the information from, where you're pulling it. So I've kind of tried to double down on that. But Pong, nonetheless, enough of that. How do you feel about Xbox's embarrassing Square Enix problem? Um, and what were some of the points that you were mentioning uh, earlier that you wanted to get into and bring a part of the conversation also yeah. that have added on to uh, the topic? Oh, well, I've, I've done my rants on Square Enix uh, over the past three years nearly now that I've been podcasting. I've done all my Square Enix rants, right? So we know Square Enix's problems. Um, again, they're going to multiply those problems even under new leadership if they continue forward with their NFT game initiative, which it seems like they are pushing forward with that. Um, Square is looking to be bought. Uh, Square has trimmed the fat and they are looking to be bought because they are lost. They have no idea what they're doing again. I've been saying forever they've been throwing darts. I do believe that they've been asking for exorbitant exorbitant um prices to put their games on xbox and i think phil finally said enough's enough um with that again that's my personal opinion i haven't read anything on it it's just a gut feeling about what has happened over the years because square enix sees everybody as a bank but they look over at microsoft um not having the greatest of relationships with microsoft at the end of the day and they see that trillion dollar company and they just say oh well we want this big a pie uh, from you if we're going to put our games over there and I think that you know the budget wise it just doesn't make sense for Phil and the team um, I love these articles Steele you want to know why because these are going to be the same people crying when Microsoft buys their way into the east I want that yeah this this is how yeah. Microsoft is going to fix their problems that everybody points out time and time again about the lack of um consistency when it comes to the eastern style games now i will say companies like bandai namco have certainly helped uh that out over the past couple of years microsoft seemingly has a great relationship with capcom now you can say capcom games are a little bit more western than they are eastern anymore that's fine you can say that i still you know i still see i i still see their games as kind of wacky and crazy and got that eastern flavor to them so i i don't take that fully away from them yet but people will say that they are definitely more stylized towards the west so if if if, if companies like square enix in the east want to continue to ignore xbox that's fine i want these articles to continue to be written because again after this abk deal's done give it a couple years targets are set for the east satya said it phil has said it it's coming so when that happens i want to see you same people come out and cry and write articles about oh microsoft is just buying their way in the east well yeah because guess what all the points you just made about square enix and about you can put those on the other companies who are resistant to putting their games from the east onto xbox that's what drove xbox to do this so guess what i'll be happy i'll be happy when they move over into the east when they go get a publisher over there maybe a couple more devs as well i'll be happy with that and i'm not saying they're going to go buy square enix i still don't think it's a good fit i would understand it from a business standpoint why xbox would make that move um but i don't think it's a good fit um just how they do business and and culturally i just don't think it's going to work i obviously everybody's named off the good ones sega uh capcom obviously would be gigantic but capcom is top 
looking to be bought right now. And they don't need to. They don't need They're to. They're so they, successful right now. Yeah, Bandai Namco has figured things out as well. I don't think Bandai Namco, especially with their toy uh, toy division, that's not going to be of interest. Sega makes the most sense, but then you got smaller companies like Play On, and you got other companies out there. Nexon. Um, Nexon, Nikon. Um, that would all make sense uh, for X- Xbox to move on, and they're going to. That's my firm belief. Uh, people can say all they want. Well, ABK deal was so tough. They're not going to do any more publishers. Yeah, they are in the East. They are. Yeah. Uh, they need it for this reason. For everything that he points out, and you can blame Square Enix, but that that process is prevalent over in the East when it comes to Xbox in a lot of ways. So that's the case. The next box. Yeah, they're going to buy their way in because they do need the East. There's emerging markets in the East, not just the Japanese side of things, which is a well-established developed market, Mm -hmm. but the South Korean market is exploding. India, which is a part of the East as well, is an untapped market that's going to be coming up. Yep, I just said South Korea. There are emerging markets in the East that Microsoft will be a part of. They need representation over there. They've set up shop. They built a team over there. That that team is working. That's great. Sarah Bond, Phil have been traveling over there nonstop. They've been developing relationships. That's great. But they're going to need a direct presence over there. And that's going to come in the form of a publisher. Guaranteed. Right? I can't say anything's absolute, and I never deal in absolutes, but right. I'm guaranteeing that this is going to happen. They're going to make their move over there to make sure that they have a foothold somewhere, somehow, in the East to make sure that they at least give themselves the best and greatest chance for success in the East that they can. And now you see the pressure, the political pressure that we see, whether you believe that it goes anywhere or doesn't, it's still political pressure. It still shines a spotlight on Sony's dominance over there. And again, I'm not including Nintendo because Sony themselves and Nintendo don't count. So guess what? I'm not going to count them in this discussion. So Sony's dominance in the East is undeniable. And that political pressure will have some underlying effects, even if they're not bold, mm-hmm. even if it's not something that, like, all of a sudden the, Jap- the JFTC comes down on Sony and says, well, you have 98% in the market, so we got to break you up, or you got to do something. Even if that's not what's going to happen, and I don't believe that. It probably is not. When Microsoft goes to make their purchase over there, there's going to be less resistance. When Microsoft, everybody talks about how hard it is to buy a Japanese company, mm-hmm. especially a publisher. Well, guess when when Microsoft steps over there and starts knocking on doors, the JFTC is going to have left to resistance. And, and they can because of the, how yeah. the market share currently right. works over how there. The it's hard to fight right. a back against that, against right. a competitor who doesn't have an established stronghold in that market. Right, correct. And, they, and they're going to want to show you know, the American government who's putting the pressure on right now and even some of the other worldwide markets that they aren't favoring Sony, that they are willing to allow a Western company to get a foothold over there because nobody should be scared. Even if Microsoft buys a publisher, even if they were to buy Square Enix, that's not going to all of a sudden flip the table and all of a sudden Microsoft is going to have 70% of the market in the East. That's not what's going to happen. It just means they're going to have some representation over there and they're going to gain five, ten percent market share, maybe, right. maybe, right at the end of the day, if they're lucky. That's all they'd be looking for. Mm-hmm. But obviously their bigger play is mobile. 
And that's where the East is wide open. That's where the Eastern market is headed more and more year after year is the mobile side of things. And that's where Microsoft, along with the ABK deal, plus a publisher representation over there who has the name recognition that they can publish these games, whatever publisher they buy, those specific Eastern games, but then when they start going to publish the Call of Duty mobiles, when they start going to publish, uh, you know, the Candy Crushes, whatever games, mobile games they've got, and they put them underneath that Eastern publisher to publish over on that side, right. then people don't see Microsoft. They don't see Xbox. They see that Eastern publisher, right? They, they say, oh, this is Sega publishing over here. That's when you get favorable results in that specific space which is exactly what Microsoft wants to do because they want that mobile side of things, which is how you get to 2 billion, 3 billion people, which a large majority of them are the Eastern players. That's what Microsoft's going to do. So continue to write these articles, continue to talk about how Square Enix, you know, Microsoft has an embarrassing problem with Square Enix and, and other Eastern, continue to do that because that's pushing Microsoft to say, you know what, you're right. We're not going to overpay for these games to come on a game pass. We're just going to go buy the whole damn building like we've done elsewhere. That's what we're going to do. That's how we're going to get into that market. And the time is now. The time is ripe. Like I said, ABK deals got to get done first. Then I expect two years, maybe, they'll start. We'll start hearing about the Eastern uh, devs and publishers that they're looking at. And they're going to buy their way, way in over there. And I'm cool with it. Because, again, as a, as a gamer, as a Game Pass subscription holder, that will be forever. More games in my subscription service. I'm all about it each and every day. And I want Microsoft to get a foothold over there. So some of the other smaller companies, like he pointed out, uh, Nipin, uh, Nippon, uh, and okay. NIS and those companies, stop ignoring Microsoft and do start putting their games or at least considering putting their games over on the Xbox side of things because they now have a presence in the East. Well, that's th- what I want. Th- let me let me pose this to you then, Pong. What do you say to the people that then say, well, why would you ask Xbox or Microsoft to acquire more of these places, more publishers and things, and they can't even take care of Halo? Yeah, whatever. I don't care. They can't, they can't make- even make sure that they get their games out on time, Pong. <laughs> Every company goes through this no matter what. And I've given my smoke to Xbox. I've given my smoke. I've said that managerial questions are in play, but that doesn't mean I want them to just stop. But why are you advocating for them then, Paul? Because I think it's great for the health of the industry and it's great for the health of Microsoft and Xbox. That's why, Steele. And for me as a gamer, it means more games in Game Pass. More games? But those games are just going to come back half-baked, less, worse quality. Um, we know that's not true now, though. What? They, they, they can't <laughs> they handle... Starfield to be delayed twice. They, they can't handle their own production, Pong. Their pipeline's a wreck. Starfield's been got, delayed. Todd Howard, they... Pong. Uh, watch. watch what Starfield was being made before <laughs> Xbox acquired them. Yep. Okay. But now it's going to be better because of Microsoft's action. No way, Just Paul. like Psycho no X2, just like Hi-Fi Rush, it's going to be better at the end of the day. There's no goddamn way, Paul. Yes. yes, and these companies will be allowed to grow. These devs will be allowed to hire more and more, more resources. They'll get new studios when they need them, just like Microsoft has done for Ninja Theory and Compulsion. These companies flourish. But Hellblade already existed, Paul. Yeah, I know. 
It's not a Microsoft project. It's going to be a much bigger game this time around. Because it's not going to be great because of Microsoft. It's going to be yeah, worse okay. because well, of Microsoft. We'll see. We'll see. Again, nothing's assured, but we're going to find <laughs> out real soon. We're going to see Redfall. We're going to see Starfield. We're going to see some of the games that you got to give them credit for, even if you guys are going to take it away when it comes out great. I don't care. It's still Microsoft. Yeah, I mean, and I definitely agree with that. I mean, again, um, getting more games in is never a negative thing for anybody, right? Um, if you don't want to put the, the faith into Microsoft uh, or Xbox Game Studios publishing, you don't want to put your faith in Phil, um, or you don't want to believe any of the moves that they've made up to this point, um, especially after 2017, because we can't continue to have this conversation and then also ignore the fact that Things were different before 2017. To that, to 2017 was when Microsoft decided, hey, Xbox is a main pillar of our business, so let's invest into it. That was the deciding factor. Before that, it was a side project. And I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, it was such a side project. Oh, you make it seem like they didn't spend any money on Xbox. I mean, consideration, if you watch the, the Power On documentary, I think that would give people a lot of basis for where Microsoft was coming from, stepping into this ecosystem. Well, stepping into, not the ecosystem, but stepping into the gaming industry. You're trying to be a competitor with PlayStation, a known brand. The issues that they had with trying to get publishers on board to put games on their platform. Microsoft had to spend money because people weren't, did not want to do business with them because of all the reasons that everybody else brings up. Oh, big, bad Microsoft. Why would I want to do business with you? That's a negative connotation on my part. That's bad for my business. I know what you guys, what you guys do. That changed and it took time for that to change. And I just don't, I don't see why we can't recognize and acknowledge the growth that Xbox has created within the gaming space and now seemingly being on the pulse of the digital era and trying to push things in a way that, again, like I always say here, Give gamers more accessibility than they have ever had before. Because if it was left up to the enthusiast or the hardcore player base, you want us to continue to spend $70 on games that we're not even sure if we like. You want me to base my entire opinion off of a case of a game. Of the front cover yep. off of what somebody else's um play time was with it that's what you want me you don't want me to have any experiences with any of these how is that good for the industry no matter of fact what people want is they want to be lied to more often come to find out because this is what people are saying oh well, demos are hurting the industry Oh, giving people more access and giving them more ways to play. It's hurting the industry. We're, we're getting less quality games because, oh, Game Pass. When that's not true. You literally have no standpoint other than using Halo as a basis or Fallout 76 as a basis for your conversation. 
proof do you have that it's not working? Can I I address a couple things in the chat here, Stu? Yeah, go ahead. That are relevant to this conversation that we're having right now? Please. So, Nick, when you say, uh, laughing my ass off, I mean, come on, how can you dismiss the 343 mess? How can you give someone another baby when they can't handle the baby you have? Laughing out loud. Uh, Nick, you've heard me and Steele give the smoke yeah, uh, to the 343 mess here. I've, you've heard me give it elsewhere. Like I said, all managerial yeah. questions, I think, are in play. Yeah, I have not dismissed them. There are questions to be had. But, again, like Steele was just saying, that's one example. What about the coalition? Are you going to say coalition has had problems? Because even me, who isn't a big fan of four and five gears, would say it's quality. Those games are quality. And people with, calling with the game quality, dead now right, has nothing right, to do with right, the game not being quality. Right. As it has a problem with, the game is a hardcore game to play. The multiplayer right. is an easy game to play. Right. But those games didn't have issues, Steel. No, they didn't. So, so Coalition, okay, Obsidian, Grounded, Pentiment, both underneath Microsoft, projects that never would have happened had they not been underneath Microsoft. Did those games come out and were terrible? Or have problems? No. Psychonauts 2, we've already heard, direct from the horse's mouth, that Psychonauts 2 would not have been the game it was without Microsoft's resources, right? And you can say, well, it started developing. Yeah, but it finished development as a much bigger game underneath Microsoft. Did that have issues? No. It was up for game of the year. Playground. How's those Forza Horizons turning out for y'all? Right? Turn 10. Turn 10. So example after example, yes, it is fair to point out Halo, your pillar franchise, right? Ever since Bungie left and 343 took over, has had its question marks, right? You can say that. And I've been one again as a casual Halo fan. I I pointed out more often than not. I said for a fact that Phil potentially... One of his greatest assets and one of his greatest weaknesses is his loyalty. And do I think he was loyalty to some of the key members at 343 for far too long? Yeah, I do. I do. And again, that's my personal opinion. But on the other side, there is example after example after example. And we're going to have more examples this year that will either show Yes, they're on the right track. If Starfield comes out and is the game that everybody thinks it's going to be, including myself, sure, you can say once again, well, that doesn't count because it started underneath without before the acquisition. Yeah, but it finished. And guess what? That game would have been pushed out the door by it would have It would have released when they released, when they announced the yes. date originally. And you yes. would have got the game that you got. Correct. Correct. So if it comes out and it's the most polished Bethesda game, and again, I say... If you're look, if you're gonna judge this and say, well, there better not be any bugs. Okay, I got a bridge to sell you because there's gonna be freaking bugs in this game. But if it comes out as one of the most polished Bethesda titles we've ever seen, you have to give credit for Microsoft. We're going back and saying, you know what, Todd, take more time, spend more of our money to make this game the best damn game it's ever been made. Redfall, Arcane, there was word on the street that Arcane might not exist at this point if Microsoft had not made the purchase. That Arcane potentially was on the chopping block because ZeniMax couldn't afford, even though they were fantastic, critically well-received games, 
They didn't Don't sell. sell. That they were on the chopping block. So we got to give credit where credit's due here. And like I said, do we know the final outcome of all these purchases? No, we don't. But we got to take the examples as they come along. Yeah. You can go back to Rare. Rare is not the rare of old. As much as people want it to be, all those people are gone. It's not the rare of old. But guess what? Microsoft sat them down at a table and see if thieves came out and didn't do well and left it up to them and said, what do you guys want to do? You want to continue forward with this game or do we, do we cancel? Worked on it. And they worked together and said, you know what? No, we're going to continue forward. Guess where Sea of Thieves now is? Whether people want to dismiss it or not, still one of the most played games out there. Oh. So you got to give credit where credit's due. Yes, Halo is a big example of what I do believe is some mismanagement. Yeah, 100%. Right? But there's a million other examples that show that that hasn't been a problem. And when it comes to compulsion, and I want to... Jesse Jarby brought up compulsion. Compulsion was bought long ago. My story with compulsion, and again, this is my opinion just from the outside looking in. Yeah, compulsion the was a double A small. They're trying to make a triple A game. Now. <laughs> they got bought by Microsoft, went to Phil directly. This is this is straight up fact. They went to Phil and said, We want to make triple A games. Here's what we're going to need. We need more staff, more yep. devs. Mm-hmm. We need a brand new studio. Mm-hmm. And they asked Phil to put his faith in them. And Phil said, I got faith in you guys. You guys got it. Going to give you a new studio. Go hire who you need to hire. Take that next step up, double A AA to triple A. That takes time in this day and age. We already know established triple A devs are now taking longer than they ever have before to mm-hmm. make a game. You take a studio that's trying to go from double A to triple A, it's going to take a long time. Ninja Theory, same story. They made a great game in Hellblade 1, but they wanted to take it to the next level. Went to Phil and said, guess what, Phil? We know you love Hellblade. Hellblade 2, we've got this big idea, but we're going to need state-of-the-art mocap because we're going all in. We're going to need more devs. Phil said, you got it. Do this. And then you throw the pandemic in there. And we know all that stuff, too. And it's That's like, why it's taking studios longer to come out. Do you think that would have happened with anybody else? Based off the sales of Hellblade 1, do you think that anybody else, Sony, who had the game oh. originally, would have said greenlighted a 2 and said, hey, Sony, by the way, uh, can we get in there and take up time with your studio? Or or can we just get they around? Sony has given support to the other studios, so they might have. Maybe, but based based off a sale, but based off a sales of Hellblade, the first Hellblade didn't no, didn't didn't fucking. It's become it's become something big through word of mouth. Yeah, yeah, through word of mouth and through time, right? It sure has. But yeah, no, there's example in Exile. In Exile is going from Wasteland, which is absolutely a fabulous franchise. But let's be real, that's not a triple A first person, third person game. In Exile, same thing. They are moving to a much bigger game. Yeah. This takes time. So I give them slack when it comes to those studios, those types of studios, right? Those types of studios specifically, I give them slack because that stuff does take time to transition. But would it have happened anywhere else? Had those all remained independent, would they be doing those types of games? No. Compulsion, in fact, might not still be here because let's be real. They didn't sell. So 
I got to give credit where credit's due when it comes to Microsoft. That's why I still trust them to go purchase other publishers. They allow these publishers, for the most part, to run themselves. They've made very strategic acquisitions. It hasn't been willy-nilly, even though some people out here want to tell you that it's been willy-nilly and it doesn't make any sense. Colin, <clears throat> why, buy <laughs> why buy Ninja Theory? Okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> this is very strategic. And we're going to see the fruits of those labor. Has it taken longer than I wanted it to take? Yes, of course. I want to play all these games now, right? I, I, I do. Has it taken longer? Yes, it has. But we're going to find out. But, but then you got to step back and also ask yourself if we're going to ask for all these for all for all a bunch of good great games to come out all of a sudden right um have you looked back at your backlog and beaten any of those games that you got back there that are also supposed to be great game that you actually spent money on and if you have kudos i i that's what that's what's up um it's awesome that you got all the time in the world to be every game that you play to 100 percent succession that you a thousand everything hey man that's what's up but guess what that's not the reality of 90 percent of the world it's not there are uh, plenty of things to play and again like pong mentioned we definitely got to address the managerial issue within certain studios or being able to be given that grace. But again, the same way that I give that smoke out, I still will bring up the point for an example in Halo, since we want to talk about Halo again. For Halo, it is still the only game that you can bring up to date that has to do literally everything halo is also the only game that got the criticism for having armor and shields where now everybody and their kids wants to play games that have armor and shield but halo got the smoke for it it's unfortunate that the grandfather of first-person shooters, and at least in the console space, has to get the smoke that it has. But it's needed. Because it's not okay for MCC, a collection of those Halo games, to come out and be pretty much broken. It's not okay for Halo Infinite to be released and for there to be a lack of, for an example, co-op or split-screen, things that were promised. It's not okay. But I, it's hard for me, not, I'm not going to say that it's hard, but I have to also understand Xbox was also relying on the IP of Halo until 2017. And still I would argue that they're, that they're relying on in, 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 in some ways. But as of 2023, it has proven that unfortunately or fortunately, Fox does not just have to rely on Halo anymore to be their killer, their killer IP because these kids are not playing Halo. They're playing Fortnite. They're playing Roblox. They're playing Minecraft. It is a completely different generation of gamers. So to expect the, an IP to hit the same way that it did previously in a time where gaming was extremely different 
is a is a big task. And there's no game outside of the three that I mentioned, for an example, that are doing that. Catching that stride, able to get that attention in the consistent high player base. Because at the end of the day, more time more so than now than ever, you are fighting for people's time. And it's hard to ask that from somebody when they have other games to play. The reality of the situation. Why I haven't beat Hogwarts yet. I have other games to play. I have betas to play. Wow, I, I never thought I would be in a space where betas would be the thing that I spend my time in all weekend. Exo Primal, Diablo 4. I have a backlog of games that I would that I like to jump into and see whether I should invest my time into it and do put time in to see whether I want to put that time, uh, allotted time aside to be able to do that. It's, things are different now. And again, we should, we should be able to criticize. We should be able to be, have open conversation and hold their feet to the fire. We do. We should. We do. There's no excuse for any of it. You're a multi-billion dollar company. You're a trillion dollar company. There's no excuse that I need to give you. But just as much as I can be accepting of some things, I can still be critical. And I can still be constructive and look at the entire picture. Again, taking that RTS approach, pulling myself out of the world instead of focusing on what I'm narrowly thinking about, pull myself out, look at the darker crevices of the map, pull my resources together and build a foundation for a conversation that's going to open it up more, more so than we would have ever anticipated previously. At least for me, because I care about the industry. Not just, oh, who's winning? I could give a fuck less. But again, I'm not, I'm not the one to hear console war with folks. So maybe that's why I'm able to have more of an open, uh, open mind. Maybe that's why a living split screen is non-console centric because being Pong, on Speculation Network, for an example, the Iron Lords, for an example, um, Game on daily as much as some people give gas all the smoke and whatever, whichever the case for his opinions. These places are important conglomerates to be able to have conversation to and sit down and have multitudes of opinions come together so that we can grow the fucking gaming industry. Because the main players said it's capped out. So we're going to ignore that too. Oh, let's just keep doing things the way we've been doing it. Although the people that are making these games, the publishers are saying, ah, we've reached the, the biggest audience we can reach. Oh, we got to start doing something different. Oh, so we're going to just ignore that part of it? I don't know. Tell, somebody tell me. I don't think we should. And that's just my personal opinion. Yeah, well, Tony, uh, we're not going to be able to make the show go for another three hours while you do. Your yeah, no, that's Sorry. not that's not going to happen. <laughs> uh, and and Nick's there is more nuance. 
Yeah, of course, of course. Right? There is more nuance. Again, you've heard thousand percent. You've heard us talk right about Xbox and they're 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 lacking. You know whether it's localization. They did this to themselves. Yeah. They did not capitalize upon the 360. They dropped the ball after that generation worldwide. They rode the backs of the U.S. and didn't do what was necessary elsewhere while Sony was doing everything else elsewhere because they had that experience worldwide with their electronics department, marketing, all that kind of stuff that they capitalize on. And yes, Windows is everywhere, but that was because it became de facto because of what Microsoft did back in the 80s and 90s to make Windows de facto for everybody. They didn't have to put a whole lot of effort to making Windows dominant. They really didn't. They didn't. Sony was in high competition markets in the electronics department back when electronics was blowing up and they wound up being the dominant company for decades because they had to go to war in every market worldwide to make sure that the Walkman became the household name that it was. They did that through blood, sweat, and tears. Whereas Xbox or Microsoft in software with Windows didn't have a whole lot of battles to compete against. They just kind of said, hey, we're packaging in and everything, and guess what? Everybody's going to use it. So that's the difference. And you're right. That nuance is something that Microsoft Xbox is learning how to do. But I have seen some changes. And you're right. Just buying a company in the East isn't going to be the cure-all. I'm not saying it's going to be the cure-all. Gives you a foothold. What I'm saying is it's an important foothold for them. It is giving them recognition in the East where it's very hard for a company that is American-based to get that recognition, to be respected in a way that gives them some advantages when it comes to what they're trying to do over there. But yes, are they going to have to do the rest of the legwork? Absolutely. They oh, can't yeah. just go buy Square Enix. They can't just go buy Sega and say, yep, we're done. We win. We're no. over. That's it. It's it's a lock. No, 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 no. No, they got a long uphill battle over there. So no, there is a lot of nuance, Nixon. You're absolutely 100% correct. Uh, I agree with you, and we've talked about that time and time again, that there's a lot that they need to fix. And it's not just the East. It's also in Europe. They're way behind in Europe for a lot of different reasons as well. Localization is a huge deal over there. Yeah. They don't market over there. Uh, I'm sure the Boxenberger talk, he still doesn't see. He's still one of the only people in Germany he knows that owns his Xbox. Okay, that's a problem. That's not. That means you're not reaching people. And they've got to do a better job of that too. But. They have to start from their strength, which is here in the U.S., and they have to build outwards. And it's basically, after the Xbox One generation, it was starting over from scratch, halfway through that generation, for the most part. They had four studios. They, 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 they were known as, you know, Halo, Gears, and Forza. That's really, yeah. And Phil has to have, rebuild <laughs> it from the ground up mm-hmm. into what we see today. And whether or not Game Pass... Is the vehicle that gets them there? We will find out. Yeah, we definitely will find out. Anybody who says that's not a sure thing, you're absolutely correct. It's not a sure thing. It's not. We're breaking new ground. It's not. But like I've always said, if Game Pass doesn't work, the industry is not going to collapse. But but don't ask Xbox to compete, and then they, when they change up the game to compete, they change up the their rules. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's what they're trying to do, which is fair. That's business. <laughs> that's what you're supposed to do. You adapt or die. They're adapting. They're doing what they know how to do best. 
right? And we'll find out if it's successful or not at the end of the yeah. day. But again, appreciate all the discussion here. You guys are coming with some great points. Excellent great points, yeah. There, uh, for sure. Um, and, you know, I can't wait to see where this goes. That's why Steele and I do this. That's why we all do this. Right. Because we're all passionate about exactly what's happening here and watching this industry grow in a way that we never would have thought of decades ago. Uh, for those of us that were around playing games, never would have thought to see the day where video games were uh, the cool thing, right? Back when I was getting bullied. So this is all fascinating to me, and I love these discussions. Um, so, yeah, no, but they're building off of this, Nix. You take your strength, which is, micro, for Microsoft and Xbox, is the U.S. It's where they're the most competitive. Mm-hmm. You take that strength and you build off of it. And yes, they have to fix the weaknesses everywhere else if they want to reach 2 billion, 3 billion people. And it's not going to be simply by buying everything. That's not going to cure it all. Yeah. They've got to do better elsewhere. And you're absolutely 100%. Yeah. So um, definitely amazing conversation that was had there for sure. Again, that's why we, why we do what we do here, man. Um, well, with that being said, um, since we have been going for a little bit of time and it's getting late in the afternoon, um, I don't know if you got some things to take care of, Paul, and imagine so because of, you know, the yeah, interesting... Because of this week and because of yeah. everything that happened this morning. Yeah, yeah. yeah the interesting time that you've had today. Yeah. Um, still, uh, I'm amazed that we were able to get over three hours of content recorded and almost five on the um, on live side of things. So, again, really appreciate everybody that tuned in today. Um, but I do think that unless there's something smaller that you would like to get into Paul um that we'll probably wind it down here and start getting to our this day in gaming segment um but I'll leave I'll, I'll leave it up to you got anything else that you want to kind of bring in or mention or no, anything I okay. mean again we, we could have talked about the Sony VR stuff it is you know it's something that we discussed prior to yes. it launching uh when we heard about it um you know I brought up the point long ago that I thought that the VR could be the last VR we see VR2 could be the last one we see from PlayStation again I appreciate that Sony and other companies are pushing forward in that space, but from Sony's perspective, they've got so many other places that that research, that those resources could go into. And we've seen them in the past and I compared it to the Vita. If they don't see the growth that they need to see from the VR market, why would you continue to put R and D and resources that could be used elsewhere? Because Sony has its own weaknesses heading into the digital future that they need to shore up. Why would they continue to put it into VR if it continues to be niche for them? And if these sales numbers are accurate, they've got an uphill battle to make it anything but niche, right? They've got an uphill battle to improve upon yeah. less than 5%, you know, um, uh, the, the 5% rate that they had for the PSVR one, they've got an uphill battle to get beyond that this time around as well. PS5, is selling in record numbers yeah. right now. Still, record yeah. numbers. They have the PSVR twos available, and they're not selling. It's a factor of the economy on top of it still being a niche device. On top of it being expensive. Yes, the quality is there, but it's expensive. So there's a lot of things against it right now, and I just don't see Sony continuing with it if they can't. Uh, you know, people are saying you got to price cut it and all this kind of stuff. That means losses. And they're already, and and they're already taking a right loss they're already at the price point. Can they incur more losses um, with everything going on? Because, again, I know we talk about Xbox buying up things all the time and acquisitions because, obviously, they're one of the main players out there doing it right now. 
but I'm not against Sony buying it. I hope Sony buys Square Enix. I want to see Square Enix underneath somebody who knows what they're doing. So when I talk about this stuff, it's not that I'm saying, it's just that they don't have the buying power, but they're going to have to respond to ABK. They're going to have to get content. This is now a content war at the end of the day, and they're going to have to come back and fire their own shots in the way that they can. No, they're not going to go buy take two. No, they're not going to go gobble up all these giant companies, but they are going to have to continue to make key acquisitions. So do they continue to pour money into PSVR 2? Or do they flip-flop and say, hey, this isn't working out, just like the Vita? It takes away dev resources. It takes away dev time. If you're going to have first-party titles that are going to push VR 2, that's also got to come into consideration. Those teams could be making something else for PS5. And that's more content for your system uh, and your subscription service going forward once they find they flip that switch as well, which they eventually will. Especially if you don't lean that's more, especially if you don't lean more into the PC side of things, right? And to expand that player base even further um, to give people the access. I mean, again, nothing wrong. I mean, the hardware itself at the price point that it's at, I mean, nobody can argue that it's not, you know, a bang for your buck. But if it worked the, on PC, it'd be a different story to it. I, I do think that, it, I mean, people would probably buy it in droves. Maybe some people would replace their MetaQuest or whatever the case to be able to, you know, although MetaQuest does, you you know, work on its own or whatever the case. But even then, I mean, just for what you're getting here in this device, there would just be so much more use or maybe even getting a killer app. And again, I know people are saying like Grant's Rismo is that, that yeah. Horizon Call of the Mountain is that or... But it's not. I mean, it's proving that it's not. And if it is for you, that's great. But they definitely missed an opportunity by not putting Half-Life Alex on there, making it accessible or making other VR games that people are playing accessible on that device. And the longer you take to reach out to those gamers, the more of a loss that I personally think that you're going to end up creating. Because again, VR is a niche market. And it's going to take competition too. tons of work to make it even viable for your consumer. And if you're not going to put out IP, that's really going to make people like myself or Pong say, hey, you know, damn, that's something that I, I'm, I really want to play. It's going to be hard to try to get that out to other consumers who can literally go to a game store or some kind of um, business that specializes in having a VR system set up where they professionally have, you know, they have a professional kind of setup in there. They and people come in and pay to have that experience. It's going to be hard to bring that home. And again, We'll see what ends up what ends up happening. Um, I hope that as many people say that, oh well, you know, those damn PC players, we shouldn't be appealing to that audience. Then, I mean, I guess you should say the same thing about the console, because um, whether you like it or not, consoles are becoming more and more similar to computers, and that's only going to continue because it makes sense financially it makes sense for them to eventually get to a point to make the game on pc and then scale back depending on what device that you have that you're running it on that makes more financial sense that makes you have a definitive i also think we would get less broken games that way because you have your baseline 
Then, boom, trade it for this, trade it for this. If we're going to continue to move the direction that we're going. But even now, we have yet to see any game use any of the, of the power that are in any of the consoles that we have currently as far as current gen Xbox series and PlayStation 5. And until we get to that point, it's kind of a mute conversation. Prove what you sold this on. Where's the crack in that? Because uh, I'm not seeing it. Hey, Xbox, where's Velocity at? Is Hellblade going to show me Velocity, what Velocity can do? Is Spider-Man 2 going to show me what the Kraken can do? That's what you sold me on. That's what you sold the people on. We have yet to see it. Final Three Fantasy years into the 16. console generation. Final Fantasy 16 only be done it's all now yeah and we get in the news about final fantasy 16 oh it can only be possible on the power of the playstation 5 ssd oh here we go again mm-hmm. so it can't be done on a, on a pc's ssd that has been oh yeah he said he said you need what a three thousand dollar rig or whatever it was oh he said. oh because playstation is all, all of a sudden just more powerful than a place a pc is huh Need a three thousand rig to run a game that works on a five hundred dollar box. Can we use some common sense and figure out why that doesn't make sense? Marketing speak. Mm, love it. Never stops. Man. Love that. Love stops. the good marketing. <laughs> Got to do it. Got to sell your brand, right? Yep. Nonetheless. All right. And like Jesse B says, consoles or computers just closed systems at this point, with them being times eighty six. That's only going to improve as that's only going to be more so of the case as we move forward. Again, it's e- it's easy to say, hey, this is this is this is your console. Work with what you got. When it comes to a computer, this becomes a completely different conversation. And uh, in case people forgot, computers are not specifically made to play video games. It's not why they're created. They are personal computers. In case people forgot, and they do much more. Than just play games. Hmm. What a great concept. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into our This Day in Gaming segment. We skipped over it last week because we had quite a long show. And this time around, um, you know, although because we did skip it, I do like to get into it because it does help us reminisce a little bit. Um, and this time, uh, I want to sacrifice some more conversation and uh, just get you guys into some of the history of what we've been through, right? Because it's always great to see the unique perspective. You might see the gameplay kind of chopping, and we might be chopping a little bit here uh, because I flipped the gameplay short, so it might mess it up a little bit. Uh, so bear with me, guys. But you got to remember where you come from if you're going to be able to accept where you're at now. So. With that being said, let's get into this date in gaming, otherwise known as uh, Make Pong Feel Old. Make me feel old still. Please. Uh, whoop, there we go. In gaming. All right. So, in this day in gaming, we're starting off in 1993. Um, and I actually need to make some adjustments here as far as the pictures and whatnot go. I'm going to do that real quick. Oop. And whoop. like my sound effects. Sorry. All right. Amazing. Everybody's been loving your voices today. So <laughs> why not add some sound effects to it? Well, why not? Why not? Why not? All right. 
So we're starting in 93 and we're starting with the Genesis releasing Cool Spot. I don't know what that is, but shout out to Cool Spot. Is it a snowboard game? No. I I never played Cool Spot. 7 Up? up. Really? The 7-Up icon, the little spot guy. Oh, wow. No, I don't remember him, actually. What? I don't think I played that on Genesis. Red Dot on the 7-Up, they gave him legs and they gave him... No, I I didn't play that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Cool Hmm. Spot was great. Damn. Great game. That's what, hey, damn, that's pretty dope. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the only thing I remember about the Genesis is Sonic. I don't remember much else outside of that. Oh, okay. Right. I mean, I mean, but maybe that was just because that's what my parents let me play out. Because <laughs> you were barely old enough to talk. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You're right yeah. out the gate making me feel old. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Then, uh, speaking of Monster, uh, Monster World. Uh, not Monster Hunter. I thought it was Monster Hunter. In 1994, the Genesis released Monster World 4. Not the Monster World. Then, um, in 1994, Sega CD released Popful Mail. Okay. Popful then it, Mail? Yeah, Popful Mail. I remember that. Um, then in 94. Was Tetris, like, puzzle game? Oh, was it? I think, I think so. I could, hmm. Anyways, go. Um, then in 94, uh, the Super Nintendo released Super Indie Champ. Nice. Uh, then in 95, the 3DO released a game called D. Just the letter D. Then in 95, here we go, Palm. The Super Nintendo released Lady Stalker. Taco Kara no Chulsen. Very nice. Very nice. I like it. Then in 95, uh, one of probably the greatest combat games made, fighters, I should say, the arcade released Mortal Kombat 3. Nice. Awesome game. Yeah, it was. Then in 98, um, Super Nintendo released the Famicom Tentai Club Part 2. No idea. I have no, no clue. <laughs> um, then in 99, Super Nintendo released a Pie Cross NP Volume 1. Mm. Okay. okay. Then in 99, PlayStation released Saga Frontier 2. Saga. Saga Frontier? Yes. Got the Saga. Yep. Then in 2001, uh, this is the game that a lot of people jokingly say they should go play. Um, <laughs> on Macintosh and PC, the Oregon Trail 5th edition released. Let's go, Oregon Trail. Part of my childhood forever. Yeah, it was memorable. It definitely was memorable. Then in 2001, the PlayStation released VIP. Okay. VIP? VIP. VIP. Oh, VIP. I, I thought you said dip. I was like, what the? Yeah, nah, VIP. Okay, all right. Um, then in 2004, the Game Boy Advance released Digimon Racing. Racer? Come yeah, on. I guess so. Looks like it. Uh, then in 2004, PlayStation 2 released Kuan. Kuan or Kuan. <laughs> How do you say that? Don't know what that is, but it looks like it has a scary picture, so I'll just leave it alone. Then in 2004, PlayStation 2 released Nobunaga's Ambition Rise to Power. Oh. Got to Nobunaga. And they're doing an anniversary one, and it's not coming to Xbox. Oh God! Yeah, yeah. Twenty uh, fifth anniversary one. Uh, yeah, shout, shout out to giving 
more access to people after that. Then in 2008, PlayStation 2 released Mana Kamiya, Alchemist of Alrevis, or Alrevis. Stop the Mana Kamiya. Then in 2010, DS released Etrian Odyssey 3, The Drowned City. I'll say it every single time. Classic dungeon crawler, great classes, great characters. Ah, oh, they should bring those things back. Then in 2014, uh, one of the greatest games ever released, the PC uh, put out Goat Simulator. Nice. Shout out for everybody that likes Goat Simulator. Never saw the um, the love for it, but nah, whatever. I know it's, people it's like it. Just stupid fun. And yes, Nick, shout out to the DVD logo I got on screen. Hey, he's diving. He's diving into the past. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's why I picked it. And because of that, too. Um, then in 2014, PlayStation 3 and the PlayStation Vita released MLB 14, the show. There we go. Shout out to MLB, three years straight on Game Pass. Shout out to Mav in the chat. Who's yeah, again. Playing MLB. But keep it getting consistent. MLB must be loving what they're seeing out of Game Pass because it's continuously coming in. That's for sure. All right. Change some things around here. Things. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I need to open up something. All right. Cyril, back into it. Then in 2014, PlayStation 3 and PlayStation Vita released Ragnarok Odyssey Ace. Okay. Got the Ragnarok Odyssey. Then in 2014, uh, you had Android released Shadow Fight 2. Never played it, but Never played it. Got the Shadow Fight. Then in 2021, the Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One released Akalisa. Last said that right. Not familiar with that, but okay. Not familiar with that at all. Asalisa, Akalisa, something like that. Then in 2021, Macintosh released Fantasian. Hmm. Okay. Oh, it's always so funny when you see a game specifically made for the Mac. Mm-hmm. I know. Like for it to be made for Mac and not for PC, it's like it could have been a port though. Yeah, it could probably it probably could have been. It's still it's still it's just weird when you see. It. Then in 2021, a game that uh, me and Pong actually liked when it released, we had some fun times with it. Uh, although it had its fair uh, share of peaks and valleys, more valleys and peaks, unfortunately. Outriders released on PC, PlayStation 4, 5, Stadia, Xbox One, and Series X. A lot of potential. A lot of potential in that game. Yeah. Unfortunately, it didn't hit the mark that it needed to for a lot of people, although it did have a, a solid player base of people that enjoyed it. And we haven't played the expansion either. So. Yeah, we didn't play the expansion. And it's kind of unfortunate because now it's like, I don't even know if I would go back to it. I, went, I, I popped it on cloud the other night because it was part of uh, Microsoft Rewards Points. So I actually did pop it back on cloud <laughs> and play it. And I yeah. just, it's got so much goodness to it. Like the, it does. The gunplay is so satisfying. All the special abilities are so satisfying. It's just, I just wish they would have done more with the content. Had they just fixed the main issues out the gate, yeah, it's such a better experience for people. One thousand percent. Developed the fan base. 
Yeah, 1,000%. It probably would have... I mean, there may be still a bunch of people playing it today. So shout out to you guys if you're still playing Outriders and much love to you. I enjoyed it for what it was. Don't regret any of the time that I spent with it. And I can fairly say, I don't know if I'd end up going back to it. Probably not. We beat it twice. Yeah, we did. We ran through twice. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, again, I mean, we had a good time, but yep. I don't regret any of the time I spent with it. So 2022 on PlayStation 4, 5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X. You had MLB The Show 22 release. <laughs> hey. That's MLB again. Let's go. Hey, look. Shout out to our This Day in Gaming segment. Again, brought to you by GameFAQs, uh, which is hosted by GameSpot. Shout out to those wonderful people that continuously make sure that this is put up for us on a week-to-week basis. Uh, I just love the concept of them doing this. Uh, it's such a, a beautiful and amazing thing to see. Um, but with that, ladies and gentlemen, it is the end of episode 97 for Living Split Screen. And again, I do want to thank everybody for coming out and enjoying um, our experience today. Sorry for those who joined us live or that we started a little bit late, but I do want to thank everybody who did come in early and was rocking with me when we were getting some, um, I was showing you guys some gameplay of Last Epoch. Um, and also um, when we had some of those Tekken fights earlier where we were fighting people with 5,000 wins. And uh, we, had, we, had, we had some fun though. I think it was a good time. With that, though, uh, again, ladies and gentlemen, you can find me, Steel Rain, uh, everywhere that has a search bar. Um, that's going to be I, Steel Rain, I, the T is a seven everywhere. And look, you can find us right back here next Saturday morning, uh, 9 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. UK time, uh, giving to you that live, raw, and uncut uh, passionate conversation, along with the, just being the home of that RTS view and also that ECP, that Educated Consumers Perspective. Look, oh, and I did show some uh, gameplay for, of Mass Effect also, um, which, is which is really dope. Every time that I pull that gameplay back up, I, that's one game as of recently that's made me be like, oh, maybe I jump back in. But no, I mean, I, I just, I'm, I'd much rather watch the gameplay of it because it reminds me of the time that I was having with it. And every time that I pull it back up, I am reminded why I do consider it part of my top five games of all time now, especially with Legendary Edition, um, doing all the wonderful updating and everything that it did. Again, I, I do feel like I played that game in its best light and uh, Mass Effect has forever changed my perspective on those style of games and what I'm kind of why I'm, probably the biggest reason why I have that hype for Starfield the way that I do um, because I, I, I want another experience similar to that. So, but nonetheless, brother from another, my guy, the uncanny gentleman, I, I, the, the man I don't consider to be Iceman. I think he's a little bit of a, on a higher level. Although Iceman is uh, definitely on an Omega level. He can get up there. Um, <laughs> my brother Pong, man. Lead the people to victory. Show them, let them know where they can find you. And again, uh, glad that you were able to be here with me today. And uh, hopefully, you can get everything taken care of that you need. Yes, we have heat in the house. The blizzard is over with. We're supposed to see 40s in the next week, so life is moving onwards and upwards. But you know what made it all better was being right here with you, brother, and the chat. That's why I wanted to make sure uh, I still, uh, if we could get the show done, uh, that we get it done because. This makes everything better. Uh, sitting here and talking this good gaming talk. I had to miss PM and the PM earlier this week on Thursday, which was crazy. So um, being able to get it in with you, 
um, really helped out, uh, obviously. So uh, thank you all for being here again. Thank you for your patience. Apologize that real life happened, man. I, again, I don't have to apologize for that, but I, I do I do hate it because I know people do love to come here Saturday mornings just as much as Steele and I do. And so it is disappointing when things just don't uh, get on track. So, But thank you all for being here. Great, great show. So glad we got it done and uh, appreciate all of you. Nothing but love and respect, as always, for supporting all of our shows, not just this one, but everywhere that you guys are watching. Um, so follow me, Pong Soul on Xbox, Pong Soul on Twitter. You guys all know that by now. Uh, you know this whole thing by heart. The Shop Podcast tonight, PTK Blam's channel, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock Central Time. PTK, we're starting to finally get some big growth hey, over yeah. there on his channel, too. Beautiful thing. Bigger audiences on a Saturday night, which is fantastic because it's so deserved. PTK is one of the best hosts you will find out there. Uh, and we have a chill two-hour show, pretty much religious. Uh, we get it done in two hours, and we're out. But it's the best way to end your Saturday night, whether you're gaming, um, having some drinks, whatever you're doing. Uh, just have us on in the background. You're going to hear some great topics. You're going to hear some great discussion from PTK, from Fuzzy, from myself, and uh, whoever our guest is, which PTK normally has. Last week was only a three-man show. We do have a guest tonight. I, I've forgotten it, of course, because my mind's been everywhere. But we are going to have a guest tonight. I'm sure it's going to be fantastic, so be there. Again, PTK Blam's channel, The Shop Podcast, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock Central Time. And then, of course, next week it starts all over again. Xbox Factor Podcast every Tuesday, Double Barrel Gaming, Mr. Boomstick. Again, shout out to Boom for all the love and support he shows. One of the best in the community. He does it five days a week. So be there Tuesday, though, because it's all good things green. Xbox Factor, 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 o'clock Central Time every Tuesday. And then Thursday night, Mav and I will be back for PM in the PM. God willing. Uh, we are going to be there this Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 o'clock Central Time. Fantastic chat over there as well. Always discussion, flying. That's what this is all about. That's, you know, it's great. If you lurk, we love you all the same. You know that. Um, but it is great to see the chat when you're, when you're talking about topics, you know, doing their own discussion as well. So be there over on Fun Speculations channel. The Fun Speculation Network, as Fuzzy has dubbed it, and we all now have... Uh, adopted uh, so be there 7 p.m. Eastern 6 o'clock Central Time Thursday night for that and then Friday night it is Xbox Ultimate 9 p.m. or 10 p.m. Eastern 8 uh, 9 o'clock Central Time uh, right back on Fun Speculation Channel where we go every which way laugh but we talk a lot of gaming news as well uh, go check out last night's episode it was short it was sweet but we had a great time so be there next Friday for that otherwise it is the golden age of gaming truly truly is no better time to be a gamer right now so much to play and here i am playing andromeda i know that sounds weird but that's the best part about gaming is sometimes you go back and you go replay things but there's new stuff there's old stuff and there's everything in between and these next few months it's gonna be crazy so get out there play what you love love what you play have a fantastic rest of your weekend and i will talk to you all real soon steel get us out of here brother Ladies and gentlemen, beautiful people, again, thank you for coming out and enjoying uh, Living Split Screen today. We will see you next weekend on Saturday morning, 9 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. UK time on episode 98 of the Living Split Screen. Y'all stay safe out there. Have an enjoyable rest of your day and uh, get some gaming in or just have a good day. Much love. Stay easy.